Oh, goodness. Bam, we're live. Brian Ray, hi. Ray, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Good morning. Ocean State CrossFit. Ray Flesser. Yes, Fleeser, but everybody says Fleeser. Ray no, no, no. Make sure he gets it right. There's nothing Savan likes more than name pronunciations. Yeah, Ray Fleeser. But a lot of people just throw an H in there because they want to call you Ray Flesher. Correct. Ray but it's, we get tons of variations. But it's Ray Flea, sir. Dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Are you? That's a pretty narrow room. It looks like a jail cell that's been uh, dressed up. No, this is uh, my office in my house. Uh, oh, nice, nice. And and what state are you in? Rhode Island. In two CrossFit gyms. Yes. And and um, uh, it's uh. And, and how close are these gyms? Uh, depending on traffic, about 15 to 20 minutes door to door. Okay. Ocean State CrossFit and Ocean uh, State CrossFit North. And then this other facility, this ironclad, is within one of the CrossFit gyms or vice versa, the CrossFit gyms within that facility? Correct. Correct. Because we, um, we offer a lot more than just CrossFit classes. And the branding sometimes confuses people. So Ironclad Fitness Center is the name of the whole company. And we do Ironclad Boot Camp, Ironclad Sports Performance, Ironclad Barbell Club. There's a sanctioned USA Weightlifting Barbell Club there. Um, and personal training. People come for some of those services solely. So there's sports teams that come for Ironclad Sports Performance. There are uh, weightlifters that come for Ironclad Barbell Club. But another service we offer is CrossFit. And at the end of the day, most of the people come for CrossFit. And instead of calling it Ironclad CrossFit, the reason for that probably would have been simpler. Um, it's kind of two separate things when i was uh, in my early 20s and i knew this was sort of what i was going to do for a living uh, i had a friend and we were actually kind of discussing opening a gym and i had come up with the ironclad concept uh, basically named after the first battleships the uh the wooden ships that got wrapped in iron uh, in the civil war and kind of just that that story of wrapping your body in iron so to speak that's where ironclad came from so i knew that back in the day but then i started working for ocean state eventually ended up buying Ocean State and wanted to keep that name but go with the original idea that I had had back in my 20s. So the whole thing is Ironclad Fitness Center. Ocean State CrossFit is one of the services it, it, it offers. I wish Kayla was here to pull this up. Uh, is, is that really true? They took uh, wooden boats and wrapped them in? Oh, yeah. And can you imagine that rolling up on a bunch of homies with muskets? Something I put it in the chat for you. Oh, you did? A oh, yeah. Let me but see a picture of that. I think there were like two that made their kind of debut. It just changed naval warfare. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It looks it looks more like a um the one that I'm gonna pull it up now that Brian shared with me looks more like a submarine. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. So imagine you've got your, your muzzle loaded musket and you got that thing rolling up on you and your bullets are just bouncing off it. So right. So, so that was the that's like what that's like one of those Dixie steamboats now covered in steel. Look, it even has like the little steam towers like sticking out still. Crazy. All right, cool. So you're are you history buff, Ray? Um not until like my my early twenties, not in high school, not in college, didn't do well in history or uh or, or classes in high school growing up. But yes, definitely as an adult, uh, especially like military history, stuff like that. Yeah, that shit's not supposed to happen to you to like fifty or sixty. Like you get into bird watching and like reading about the original presidents. Like my mom does that stuff. Like she, all of a sudden she's like, "Did you know George Washington?" You got to be like, you well, start early. It might also have to do with it's like somebody who can make you care about 
about content. So I had one particular teacher, um, this guy, Mr. Palatelli, that did a studies of war class. And that was kind of when all of a sudden like I was interested in the history as opposed to having to learn it just so I could pass the test. Um, right. That definitely changed the perspective. It, I, I was actually just uh, chatting with a friend about this yesterday. In my sophomore year in high school, this teacher had us read a story out of the Bible, and I went to a public school, and the story was Job. And, like, I would have never cared about it if we just had to read it. And I remember him saying, hey, like, I don't give a shit if your parent, if you report me to your parents or the school. This is an important story. You have to know the story. But afterwards, we acted the story out. So first he made us read it, and then we all had to play, like, a character in it and act it out in front of the class. And that changed everything for me. Like, as a class clown, I loved that shit, getting up in front of the class and playing out. And, and, and you're right. It, 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 it's a huge difference uh, when you add value to something you're learning. It's more than just passing the test. Like you start getting invested in it. Yes, Brian. Do you remember what character you were? Probably Job's wife. <sighs> I hope I was something cool like that. <laughs> God, I hope I was something cool like that. I don't, I honestly don't remember. I just remember tripping on how fucked up that dude's situation is. And I would, it would have never, uh, it would have never hit home. Uh, he had like three friends that come by and try to, it's a, it's a, it's a good story. If you can, if you, like you said, if you can get it into a context that's relatable, it's a, it's a, there's a lot to be learned there. Yeah. If you're in a class and you're in a part where you get to kiss a girl, all the, all the, uh, all the acting's good. Do you know that story, Job Ray? Do you know that story? I was about to say, whenever you guys stop talking, I'm embarrassed, but no, I actually don't know that story. That's okay. It's the only story I know. I know that one and the dude who built the boat and put the animals on it. Those are the only two I know. Oh, and I know the one with the garden where the chick bit the apple. But basically this dude, this dude, this dude is like loyal to God. And then him and the devil, the devil says, Hey, I bet you I can break this, this dude's loyalty to you. And so they start doing bad shit to him. It's, it's a, it's, it's savage to see if this guy will break his loyalty to God and him and the devil are making deal. I know someone's going to correct me in the comments. Go ahead. I, I, I'm open to You're doing well. No, it's pretty good. Lay person explanation is more valuable than uh, just reciting scripture. I think. Hey, yeah, this is the only part you need to know, right? Sean Christ is King, right? Okay. fine. I think, I know of that. I think it might have been, might have been like South Park because <laughs> the South Park version <laughs> of Job. I love it. But, yes, tell us. I don't know. It's the story of like just everything getting stripped away, stripped away. Like yes, yes, but I still have my faith. Well, what the fuck? Yeah, I think it might have been. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray, do you have kids? I do. Uh, I have two corgis. I have two dogs. Wow, and you're a corgi guy. These are some weird things. Thirty-five <laughs> and into history and corgis. So, an old you, person's dog, person well, who wants a German Shepherd but can't keep up. No, no. <laughs> when the wife wants a dog, okay, and, and then you end up like really, really, really loving the dogs. So you know, like she's definitely the facilitator of getting these dogs. Um, but they're they're awesome little critters, and they got like big dog personalities. They just don't make big dog messes. Actually, that's not even true. They shed so bad. <laughs> they're basically german shepherds with wiener dog bodies right yes yes yeah um they are they're we, they're weird looking but they are cool i've never met a corgi i didn't like <laughs> they 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 have dwarfism a lot of people think they're small dogs but i, I don't know like people like realize that like if you look at the like kind of what makes them interesting looking the thick bodies the thick head the thick paws but their stumpy legs it's actually dwarfism um so. That's just bred into him. Could you yeah. accidentally get a big corky, like one, like a, a deformed corky would be like a, a tall one? Oh. oh, you have a tall one. You have a deformed one. You got a cheap one, and he got tall. This guy is forty pounds. Actually, oh my god! 
Yeah. Look at him. He's a loaf, an absolute loaf. But in his mind, like playing catch, running with other dogs, he thinks he's a full-size dog. Uh, Yash, it's a dog eat world out here. Um, that means it's it, the dog is sort of a precursor. To, how long have you been married? Uh, five years. It, the dog is the kind of the precursor to kids. Um, a lot of people say that maybe, but not yet. It, it can happen. Trust me. Accidents happen. Look, he's going to take a deuce under. Oh no, he came out of there. Oh my God. If he did that live, that would be like legendary. He's so well behaved. That would be out of character, but I wouldn't even get mad. That'd be, that'd be legendary. Just, he knew <laughs> take a deuce on camera. Uh, CrossFit's been around for, let's say 20 years. 20 years and you're 35. So it was probably like 15 when um, you were 15 when it like was like, and when I say first get, get, getting off the ground, I mean, that's just, there wasn't an affiliate. There, there maybe well, wasn't even was, one affiliate. Rhode Island was behind the curve. I was, um, I was involved in, from the very beginning in Rhode Island um, because I played rugby at the university of Rhode Island. And one of my rugby coaches, uh, Nate Godfrey, he was, following some of the workouts on crossfit.com what and year what year ray is this this? Was 2000, this is probably 2008 okay oh that's early yeah that's i that's I'm late 2006 when i came on so that's about the same time my freshman year we had we were captain run and then my sophomore year that's when nate came on as a coach so summer going into sophomore year so summer 2007 summer 2008 we would um we would pull workouts from crossfit.com and the first place that they were actually happening in Rhode Island was the rugby field at URI. There were no affiliates. And then several of the first CrossFits in Rhode Island started uh, at the pretty much the same time by people that were involved with rugby. So this guy, Mike Libertori with CrossFit Providence and Judah Boulay with CrossFit No Risk and Nate Godfrey with CrossFit 401. And then Mike Burling and Aaron Meredith, uh, of Ocean State CrossFit and Mike Grilling was also a rugby player, uh, unaffiliated with these other three. But um, pretty much all the like the first four in Rhode Island um, all kind of started with guys who were involved with rugby. And so that 2008, what is that? That's uh, 15 years. You're 20 years old. Yes. And is that that was collegiate rugby? Yes. So I was playing there, um, and at so I was. In college, and then I took a little break, joined the Air National Guard, then went back to college. And when I went back to college, in the time I was gone, Nate had raised a few funds. I think they might have gotten a little grant from URI. I'm not sure how it all happened, but when I came back, uh, CrossFit 401 was there. So it was like truly a box. It was in a storage unit and like a, you know, like a U Haul self storage place. And there was like one or two, you know, with uh jungle gym and a couple of ghds and air bikes and rowers and it was it was grungy and everything and that's where the rugby guys worked out and um it was nick it was directly next door to this place schneider electric which is now like ap's power conversion something like that um very 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 big building that employed like thousands of people so a bunch of those employees would go over before or after work or on their lunch break so there was like three waves of those employees that kept it open and then the rugby team uh, and that's kind of how 401 started and that's how I really got going with CrossFit. Did you did you think about it much at that time? Like you like it or didn't like it, or was it like, hey, this is just what we do to get ready for rugby? Like, did you have any strong thoughts about it as a as a fitness methodology, as a way to move your body? Definitely. So, I um, 
I was into fitness forever, uh, my whole life. So I was playing high school football, ended up being captain of the high school football team, was working out during that time, did the bigger, faster, stronger program, all that kind of generic, you know, Gold's Gym, YMCA is where I learned to lift weights, but Gold's Gym type bodybuilding, you know, benching, uh, chest and tries, back and biceps, leg day, things like that. For cardio, you're running. Um, you know, just very, very, very bread and butter kind of old school fitness. And get to college, I was studying kinesiology. Um, I was in a physical education, teacher education program, thinking I was going to be a phys ed teacher, maybe a trainer, not sure exactly, you know, what realm I'm going, but definitely knowing working and teaching uh, fitness and sports. And I'd been working out, you know, all my life. At that point in time, I didn't know any of the technicalities of it. I didn't know, you know, what a hang or a squat or anything, but I knew how to do a clean jump the bar on my chest. I didn't know the difference between a push jerk, split jerk, any of that, but jump the bar over my head. And I could do that with 260 pounds. So I was like strong. And my buddy, the first crossfit workout I did, it was with my rugby guys. He said, all right, we're going to do this thing called grace. We're going to do 30 clean jerks for time with 135 pounds. Like, well, I can do that with 260 pounds. He goes, no. You're not looking to do it once. You're going to do it 30 times as fast as you can. And I'm like, all right. And I did it in two and a half minutes. Which wow. How old were you? That's at 20. Uh, That's at 20? Uh, say again? That's at 20 years old you did that? It was so, yes, yes. That's yep. crazy, dude. Yeah. Hey, but, was uh, anyone even close to you in your in your group? Yeah, the captain of the rugby team at the time, Nick Martirosian. Uh, he, he, he was somewhere around like maybe like. What was Nick's last name? Martirosian. Nice Armenian name. <laughs> I, I I pronounce it differently every time I say it. He's been one of my close friends for, like, you know, he is Armenian. Years. He is Armenian, though, right? Yes, yes, yes. Good. Uh, yeah, every good man needs a good Armenian man friend. So there you go. You're set for life. It's just key to success. Have an Armenian next to you. We're like we're like Nick, the real Nick lucky charms. Nick would go to battle for any of his buddies. So he's definitely he lives up to that big time. But um, that, it took me two and a half minutes, and then I was on the ground for like probably like forty five. Yeah. Like what the fuck just happened to me? I thought I knew how to work out. You know what I mean? I thought I could run a mile in six minutes. Like, what the fuck just happened to me in two and a half minutes? That's leaving me feeling like this. I I I I gotta sort this out. I gotta see, I gotta see what this is about. And um that that was kind of what hooked it. And I know that was an old school way of hooking people, it was like, all right, let's let's give them a taste and really fuck them up on their first on their first go. Um, I think that's kind of evolved. I think when people come in the door, we kind of ease them in now. We don't want people because I'm sure for every one person that had the experience I had and was like, wow, I need to, I need, I need to keep going with this. This was, this was fucking awesome. I think maybe, maybe four or five people are like, Oh my God, that's horrible. People are going to get killed. So I think that kind of trial by fire, um, maybe switched, but that was definitely my integration. Hey, Ray, here's the thing too. I, I'm sure you and Brian appreciate this, but a lot of people don't get this. I have a, I had a friend, I've had him on the show, Travis Bajant who could snatch 135 pounds with one hand, no problem. Like slow, in slow motion like this. But one, the first time I asked him to do grace, he tapped. He fucking tapped. He got fucking 15 reps in. He's done. He's yeah. a ar fucking arm wrestler. He, he felt horrible. I remember we were in a basketball gym. I tried to film it for CrossFit.com. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, I can't do this. Same with like, I mean, you see some of these big guys do burpees. It It, it is a... Uh, to ha be able to do 260 pound clean and jerk, but also to transfer it to 30 reps at 135 and two and a half. Th these aren't even in the same world. No, no, totally. Uh, it, it's fuck. It's fucking crazy what that does to people. What do you think about this though? Way off subject here. I really want to talk about your gyms, but let's stop. M m I, I think my mom likes CrossFit 
and she's 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 gonna be 80, 80 next year because when she wears her CrossFit shit shit CrossFit shirt to her book club, it freaks the other ladies out. And I know that that's why the rest of us like wearing CrossFit shirts too, because we like the brand value. Because when we walk into Starbucks, everyone knows we're the fittest person in there. Just like I wouldn't wear a UFC shirt because if I did, I'm basically telling everyone around me, "Hey, I'll beat. I could beat your ass. Everyone in this Walmart, I could beat your ass." There is that brand value that we still want to keep, though, right? Like, hey, if you do CrossFit, that shit is fucking hard. So we're different. So you're welcome to come join us, but this shit is hard. Absolutely, and I think. Uh, it's like a couple of different points here. So on the one hand, don't want to scare the shit out of somebody or hurt somebody on their first day. I want, Word. I want to safely kind of get them involved and get them to fall in love with it. Because I said, like I said, I fell in love with it, getting my absolute ass kicked in two and a half minutes. But then when I started kind of like diving into the, 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 the CrossFit world and seeing so much of the philosophy um, of wellness. You know, one of my favorite things that Glossman ever said was the, the needs of Olympians and the elderly differ by intensity, not type. That was like, you know, so that's kind of a different perspective than, than going in as a college athlete and getting your ass kicked with like slinging a heavy barbell really fast. So, okay. So, right. so how does that relate to your grandma? Okay. Well, it's like a different kind of mindset is, all right, well now we're looking at squats for, wellness and for health and for longevity, not for getting your ass kicked in two and a half minutes. And I think that's a really, really, really important part. Um, listening to some of your stuff recently where you're talking about, you know, taking health and wellness into your own hands. Um, you know, so much of the, the problems with people's health could be helped with fitness and CrossFit made fitness fun. Instead of going to the gym and doing the same thing all the time, all of a sudden now there's like 300 new things I want to try to learn. I want to try and do that muscle up. I want to try and do that handstand walk. I want to try and figure out that snatcher. I want to make that heavier. And it kind of gave like a whole, it kind of like ignited a whole new spark in fitness for an already enthusiastic guy. Um, right, right. So, so again, there's the intense aspect of it. There's the, the, the life aspect of it. You know, why should, why should, again, a 60 year old, 70 year old do this, it might be a little bit different than the reason the college athlete got hooked on it. But I think those reasons are extremely important. And then to echo what you're saying, there is that little part of you that's proud that, that you're doing something. A lot of people aren't willing to do They're too scared to do it. Maybe they have too much pride to do it. They're a guy who's jacked up and thinks he's tough and goes to the CrossFit gym and gets his shit pushed in. And the first workout and never shows up again because he's just, you know, he can't, holds to the pride um, one way or another. If you're willing to come and you're willing to stick it out day after day, the frustrations, cause it hurts. It's frustrating. It's, 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 it's sometimes demoralizing. It's like, it's painful. Um, it's, it's emotional, but if you can keep fighting through that, there is this like sense of pride when you know, like most people aren't willing to kind of like, there's a line by Alan Schwarzenegger when somebody says like, Oh, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't want to be big like you. And he's like, don't worry. You never will. And it's like, like most people don't even have the guts to, to do that. And there is definitely a sense of pride in that motivation. In that. Yeah. I, I love, I love the, um, I love the brand value it has. I love how hard it is. I also love the fact that every, every, anyone and anyone can do it. And that really it's just people themselves holding themselves back, especially if you find a, a good, what sounds like a great affiliate like yours, like, Hey, it doesn't even matter if you can barely walk from your car into the door just give it six months. We'll have you jogging from your car to your, uh, from your car to the front door. That's the whole goal, right? To move the needle. 
I mean, the goal is just, I make people do burpee shuttles. That's, um, that's like definitely a, a favorite of mine. Um, What's a burpee shuttle? You, you shuttle run with a burpee on each end? Yeah. So it could be 20 feet, 10 feet. The, the, the parameters that could, could vary, but, um, might throw in a back pedal. So run forward to that line, do a burpee, back pedal back to this. Oh, line. I like it. But some variation of burpee shuttles. And I always say like, you know, this is the most important workout you can possibly do the snatches, it cleans the muscle up. That's cool. But think about what you're doing right now. You're getting on the ground and you're moving from point A to point B. The speed of that will vary based on fitness, age, ability. But, but the day you can't do this workout, you're fucked. The day you can't do burpee shuttles, just check into the nursing home. You can't move. And hey, like, <laughs> hey, I, I wonder, what do you think the ratio is of how, how many, if there's 300 million Americans in the United States, how many of them do you think that um, can't lay down and stand up 10 times in a minute? I'm not even saying a burpee. I'm just saying lay on their stomach. Yeah, and no, get up. So, so I, I mean, I bet you it's a hundred million, dude. I bet you a third of the public can't do that. Isn't that crazy? So I had this, I had this client. Um, I was, I didn't own her at the time. I was the head coach at Ocean State and this woman walks in with her husband and she was about, she wasn't five feet. So she was like four eleven, and she was a little over 300 pounds and she's like 60 some years old. I think she was 64 at the time. And her daughter had lost like a hundred pounds at a gym out on Cape Cod. So she kind of referred, she looked up some gyms. A CrossFit gym. Her daughter did it at a CrossFit gym. Badass. So she told her mom to, come to Ocean State. She kind of looked up what was going on in Rhode Island for gyms. And she goes, go to Ocean State. And our staff was on our website. She said, go find this guy, Ray. So she walked in and the owner comes up to me and he's like, hey, Ray, there's somebody here to see you. You're going to have your hands full with this one. And because he had talked to her for a minute. And I walked up and I'm talking to this lady and I'm like, oh, this is, um, all right, well, this is why we're here. But this is going to be tough. So she was on every- Why did you think that? Why did you think it was going to be tough? Five, so, 4, 11, 300 pounds. Why, why would, why would it be tough? So she's 64 years old and okay. she's on an inhaler. She's on like multiple different, she's like the, she's the definition of what's wrong with, with healthcare in this country over a lifetime of red flags. The answer was always a diagnosis and a medication, never nutrition and exercise, never once nutrition and exercise. So she was on never every- once, never yeah. once in 64 years. So she's on every diabetes medication there is. Uh, she's got blood thinners. She's got uh, inhalers for her life. The lady is just an absolute mess. Um, she's got blood pressure medication and she's got like ridiculously high cholesterol. And, and, and she's saying that, you know, she has all these plaque in her arteries and her, she, her most recent kind of, doctor's appointment was uh doctor said hey your blood sugar is at a certain point where it's going to start eating at your nerves and you're going to wind up getting some things amputated and you're going to die so you need to make a change and i can't put you on any meds on all the meds you could possibly do so she's like well what are my options like, i might have to do some exercise that was like that, that was like the last <laughs> meeting with my and everybody's like amputated yeah. so i need her and i'm like all right we gotta we gotta fill out a, a specific waiver for you you understand like how, like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't We've got an AED. I'm CPR certified. I've got an asthma inhaler. I'll have my phone on me with full charge at all times if we had to call 911. But but if we knock a piece of that plaque off of one of your arteries, I don't know where it's going to go. Like you're like you're like so right there. But it's we have to try. So I made a custom waiver, and her and her husband signed it. Um, kind of like admitting that like 
we're, we're going into some dangerous territory, but it's worth it. And the first, the first couple sessions would be her sitting down to a box that was basically just a matter of her flexing her knees because she basically lived with her knees in lockout because if she bent her knees, she would, she would pretty much collapse. And I had to set up a safety net under the rig around her with bands. And over the course of time, got him a little lower and lower and lower. But I had to set it up because if she fell, number one, I might not be able to pick her up. Number two, she might break something. She was so frail. And it had been 10 years since she had been in conversation. How long has it been since you've been able to get on the ground and get back up? And she said, I haven't been on the ground in over 10 years. So that's like, but, but everything in her house, you know what I mean? Let's install the railing by the toilet. Let's install the lift at the stairs. Let's not, let's not fix the issue. Let's, let's get another bandaid. And throughout the course of assistance and, 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 and various, um, you know, methods of getting to lunge, and it, it took us six months to be able to get her to get on the ground without assistance. Wow, you did it. Well, halfway. It took another six to be able to get her off the ground without assistance. Okay. So set stuff up for her to kind of crawl her way up. But a year in, we got her first burpee. And that was like the first time something kind of like, Viral, if you will, happened on my Facebook. But up until that time, Facebook's got like you know, twenty likes, thirty likes. Maybe. How old were you when you did that? Uh, probably twenty-eight. That's also like a like you're kind of like your most selfish years, right? Too like. Well, I was. You know, zero. Like, what should you give a fuck at twenty-eight about a fucking sixty-two-year-old woman who should lay down and get up? I mean. What, that, that was cool because it took it took a year to do that, and then you know within about a year, we we had gotten to the point where we could do ten in a minute. So like the thing you had just said, what do you think the percentage is? Like that actually that actually happened. We actually got Barbara to do ten in a minute. I worked with Barbara for half hour a week, three times a week for up until COVID, and um and by the time like that kind of air that time frame was the there around 2019 she had gotten off all of her diabetes diabetes medication she had gotten off Holy all of her blood thinners all of her heart meds and her inhaler like that woman is like just an example like the the absolute perfect example of everything that's fucked up with our healthcare system but also the amazing 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 just benefits of exercise like the true power of crossfit it's unbelievable you know? Hey, what did uh, what did the people in the gym think about her? Did after all those years of her being there, would people say hi to her? Did she become part of the community? Everybody loved Barbara. You kidding me? Yeah, They're, like because everybody's got those people in their family, right? right? I have those people in my family, like and and right. you know what are you going to do? Just like ruin every family dinner and every 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 event, just kind of like playing the self righteous game and hating on like people that that aren't taking care of themselves. It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I kind of can't can't make the horse drink the water i can bring it you know what i mean so i have the gym and the doors open but i can't make people come um show them show them that it's there bring the horse or i can't make it drink so kind of let it be but I, I think like seeing this woman um reminded everybody of somebody that they know it could help you know what i mean dude we're that lady in my mind's a hero there's never been a time more important for overweight people to like all these people who are overweight who are going to the gym and talking about their diet and posting their pictures on their instagram those are my favorite like do it be the example show that shit off put the incredible pressure on yourself to change we need you now society civilization needs you you i mean the truth is you just have to look at yourself you, you are the burden that's on society right now you and and 
like show off as you as you reduce your burden on society. It's so easy to help society if you're one of those people and yourself at the same time. It's awesome. It's truly awesome. Like I said, you know, for her to get off the heart meds and for her to get off the blood thinners, for her cholesterol to have gone down by just doing, you know. Is she still alive now? She made it through COVID? Yes. Yep. Yep. God, she must have been so happy she started two years before. Imagine going into COVID, not being able to get on the ground and get up. Uh, I, I can't fathom living like that, but um, but but she fixed it. And you know, when when COVID was happening and people were talking about all these, you know, how scared they were of dying, and I'm like, at one point, at one point, it was like, oh, COVID's killed more people than Vietnam, and I'm like. That's not that many people. That's 50,000 people. Don't get me wrong. Vietnam was a tragedy. Vietnam was an absolute, absolute tragedy. Um, but, but that was 50,000 people. 500,000 people a year die in the United States from the number one killer cardiac disease. And of that said that 90% of those are preventable through lifestyle changes and habits. So I think that's being generous for saying 90. It's probably yeah, 90. It, it might be more, but that's just like the number yeah. that, 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 right. that they put out. So it's like, okay, you guys are worried about, about something that, that has killed 50,000 people, but you're not worried about a lifestyle habit that, that you can see coming from, from a 10 years out, 20 years out. You can see it coming and it's going to kill, you know, 450. What are you worried about? Like, 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 don't worry about COVID. Don't worry about COVID. It's tragic. It's tragic, but take care of yourself. That's the bigger, that's, that's, that's the bigger priority. If your average age, also if the average age of death of COVID is 80 and the average age of death in general in the United States is 78, then you didn't die from COVID. You died with COVID. And that, that's another thing like, Hey dude, anyway, we, we agree too much to have this discussion. <laughs> hey, well, um, is that yeah, the crowning I, I achievement of your, I don't want anybody out there to think I'm like, <laughs> Like to if somebody you know obviously obviously COVID was a, a tragic new box on the checklist right how did how did somebody die did they die of pneumonia did they have a heart attack did they die of, did they die of uh, cancer Fentanyl. did they die of, did they die of COVID like I, whether it came from a bat or it came from a lab or it came I don't know how it got here but Me it's a new box on the checklist and for anybody who dies of pneumonia or anybody who dies of influenza or anybody who dies of anything it's very tragic we've got a new box on the checklist. But I'm not going about my life uh, in, in, in constant fear of dying of the flu. I'm not going about my life in constant fear of, of, of dying of, of any other really disease. I'm going to go about it and try to just live moderately healthy. And to think that, again, American culture, you have people that are, again, three, four, five hundred pounds drinking, you know, soda habitually throughout the day um, and don't do any fitness at all. And they're worried about COVID. I'm like, there's a small chance COVID might kill you. There's a hundred percent chance your lifestyle is going to kill you. And that, that's, you know what I mean? Hey, when I, 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 it's no shit. When I see someone like slumped over, like in an entryway of a building and it's like clean, like with three other guys and there's pissing shit around them. And I know they're all passed out from fentanyl. You know, that look, you ever seen that? You ever go to like, you ever go to Boston? Probably everywhere there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you see you see that stuff. Uh, just it was just in Miami for Waterpalooza. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like and you can go on any video and see videos in Philadelphia or San Francisco. Where it's just hundreds of people, if not thousands, with like needles hanging out of them, passed out, and just it, it's it looks like a zombie movie. That's how I feel when I see someone also who's five hundred pounds 
uh, walking out of Safeway with four two liters of Coke. Well, I, I just see a, I just see a drug addict. I'm like, holy shit! I just see a drug addict. It's it's like an identical feeling of like, oh fuck, there's a drug addict to me. Yeah, well, that's that's totally true because you know. So, in addition to just some family members that you know, and, and, and close friends over the years that I've known with with, with eating disorders, um, and not eating meat disorders meaning too not ways, eating enough. Both ways, oh, okay. They go both ways. Um, we 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 run a program at uh, our gym, at one of our gyms called Move to Heal. It's a pretty amazing program, and um, and it's it's a thirty minute workout. This it's simple. It's not going to be. You know, we're not going to teach the snatch or the handstand push up. It's very simple. It's meant to get the endorphins flowing. So uh, anybody can come at any level of experience. Fitness does, it does not have to be uh, experienced in fitness at all. We're going to come, we're going to work out. And then there's a 60 minute group meeting. And it's for anybody who either has substance abuse issues, um, is in any kind of form of recovery or also any mental health, whether uh, life trauma, um, whether, 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 uh, depression, anxiety, any, anything. If, if, if you teach um, this class at your gym, this is a class at your gym. Yeah. It's, it's like a session, if you will. Yes, we do that. What days, um, what days we do it Wednesdays at six thirty PM and Saturdays at 8 AM. How much, how much does it cost? So that's the thing. So move to heal is free to come to it is free. The organization wow. is called move to heal. And if you attend these sessions, regularly there's standards to it um criteria then you are eligible for other services and these other services include a complimentary gym membership at my gym and bi-monthly counseling sessions with a licensed therapist so if you come to move to heal four times a month we offer a class if you come four times a month so you come once a week you come twice in one week not if you come to four of those sessions a month you get a free gym membership at my gym and you can see a licensed therapist twice a month. You'll never Holy shit, Ray. Life. This is dope. It's, it's an amazing program. It's an amazing program. Um, Why it, are it, you doing that? What, how does that make sense if you're a business owner? Which gym is that at, by the way? Is that oh, at Ocean State or at, uh, at North? That's, that's North. That's North. So, Why are you doing that? Why not? That sounds crazy. So, well, one thing at a time. So I'll land the quick plane. Um, so when it comes to food, hearing people talk. And seeing people and just working with people, some of the nutrition over the years, exactly what you just said. Like food is like a drug to some people. There are some people that don't have alcohol problems. So instead of coming home and having, you know, 10 beers and passing out, they eat, you know, a jumbo sized bag of Skittles and, you know, wash it down with a two liter of, of, of Coke. And that's like, they're like, they're fixed. You know what I mean? So food is, Definitely, definitely a drug uh, to a lot of people, and 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 it kills them. It's not even that it kills them like drugs. If you look at the numbers, I forget exactly. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to get my numbers wrong here. But again, uh, cardiovascular disease around five hundred thousand Americans a year, with again what they say ninety percent uh, due to lifestyle. Um, and when you look at drug overdoses, it's like half that. So it's like a bad body is going to kill twice as many people as drugs. So food is actually killing. Twice as many people as drugs, um, drugs and alcohol. But um, so this program, so I've had a pretty, pretty wild roller coaster of life, and um, fitness has been, you know, what's gotten gotten me through some some bad times, kept me off the ledge. Um, and when I have fallen off the ledge, fitness has, has helped me get back up. So I've always been down to uh, kind of pay that forward. And we've had a couple of different groups um, 
rehab places, treatment centers, ask if they could bring some people in who are in recovery. And I've always said yes to that. And I never charged. Um, so that's never really taken off. I just, that's kind of like been like a good deed. And we were approached about this move to heal program. And I went into that with the same mindset. I was like, sure. Like, I don't, I don't know how successful it's going to be, but if, if you got, you know, people that want to come and work out and you think it can help them with their sobriety or can help them with whatever, then, then yeah, for sure. And, um, and then I had a meeting with the, with the founder of this company and it was, well, actually there's some money in it. If John Doe comes and he comes to one meeting, uh, four meetings a month, averages once a week, we will pay for his gym membership at your gym. So move to heal compensates my gym for the attendees of this program. So Move to Heal gets its finances from private donations. They, they, they raise funds. I don't know how they get their funds. It's mostly private donations. But, um, but at the end of the month, we look at how many people came to our meetings and of those people, how many elected to have a gym membership. To maintain the gym membership, they have to come to, ooh, what is it? What is it? Four classes a week? No. Eight classes a month, eight classes a month. So they have to go to four meetings and eight CrossFit classes a month to earn that free membership. Um, and in other words, the reason it's called Move to Heal is whether you're getting over mental illness or, or dealing with you know trauma from life or trying to get through recovery, if fitness is going to help you, then this company is going to pick up the bill. And that's, that's, that, that's the program. It's amazing. Hey, um, uh, we, did you have it? Were you dabbling in drugs? Is that what happened to you? Um, <laughs> so I kind of say like I was always, I always did the right thing, but then I also always did the wrong thing. So when I was growing up, you know, I was, I was a really, you know, decent, decent student. Um, I was kind of a punk forever, but but I mean, I was not a real student. I, I got like a partial academic scholarship to URI, um, and I was captain of my high school football team. But then I was also just absolutely, you know, rough around the edges. So partying in high school, definitely um, drugs and alcohol. And then in college, same thing. So college, I was, you know, in the kinesiology program. I was in the Rhode Island Air National Guard. I was uh, on the college rugby team. I started a fraternity at URI. Um, it's still there. It's the biggest fraternity at URI. <clears throat> I did a lot of the right things, but then also a lot of the wrong things, the drugs and alcohol. So Luckily for me, did you go uh, to jail, Ray? I actually, uh, I did briefly. Yeah, I got, I got mixed up. Uh, I got mixed up with some of the wrong people um, when I was in college, and made some, made some bad decisions. Um, and that actually kind of, that was the worst time in my life. Actually, that was, that was, that was the worst time in my life. But it, it, it lit a fire under my ass that got me. You said like, why would somebody in their twenties? be going as hard as I did. And it was because I was, I was embarrassed and I wanted to redeem myself, if you will. So that's kind of what, what, what started the hustle was, was the, the rock bottom. Um, this is a little off subject here, but I, I wondered about that. Um, I have this, I think shame is a really powerful tool. Like, it, and it's a, it's a powerful net mechanism. We should all feel if we can use it to, uh, straighten our, our ship. Right. So like, I don't like when I was a, um, 
in my life when I've been addicted to nicotine, I'm, I've always been ashamed to walk up to that counter. And if there's anyone else checking out to be like, Hey, can I get a, those cigarettes or can I get a can of that shit? Because I think it, every, when someone does that, I think it just screams you're weak. Yeah. Anyone who, and I, I, I like that shame. I needed that shame. I wanted to feel that. You know what I mean? Like I was never like, this sucks that I am. I'm, I feel ashamed to get nicotine. No motherfucker. You're fucking showing off that you're a fucking addict and everyone in line behind you at Seven Eleven can see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, would you have any thoughts on that? I mean, basically what it sounds like you, you ran into some trouble and some shit and you were fucking embarrassed and ashamed and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to overcompensate now and get my shit really together. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's pretty much it. Um, I was at a rock bottom and you were rock bottom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What was so, your drug? Well, it, I was not a drug okay. addict. That wasn't it. So, all right. Rock bottom's a crazy spot. Was that? Rock bottom's a crazy spot. So what had happened was I was in college and I was very, very, very broke. Um, very what? Broken? Broke. Just no money. Like no money. So I was, I worked in the restaurant business and the kinesiology department at URI is pretty small. So it made, it made working in the restaurant pretty tough because there'd be classes that were only offered once a semester. So you have to take them. And it'd be like class at 9am and then a class at, you know, 5pm. And I'm like, well, or the labs we had, once you get into the P program, the labs, as they call them, the, the hands-on stuff with, with uh, kids that would come in with their parents and you would, you know, teach kids with disabilities. Um, those are all at night. So it really made working in the restaurant hard. And, you know, I just, I actually joined the Air National Guard because I was just so sick of being broke. And, Joined the National Guard, came back, and they say they pay for school, and that's true. They give you a tuition waiver, so I stopped taking out loans for tuition. But as far as paying rent and you know, car and cell phone and just life, it was still on me and, and the restaurant. And it was, was broke then. And some some buddies of mine that that were in a similar financial situation when I had left were no longer in that situation when I came back. And I said, "All right, well, what do you guys got going on?" And they were they were they were selling weed in pretty high quantities. And at this point in time, it was totally illegal. There was no medicinal. It was, it was illegal everywhere. And um, I said, all right, well, let's get involved with that now. And my main thing was just kind of driving it, like go pick it up from one place and bring it to another place. And at that point in time, people knew that you wouldn't, you wouldn't really mess with me. So it was, it was, I was a safe, safe kind of ride. <laughs> um, and uh, some Because you were a little rough around the edges. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So some kids... Some kid got caught. Apparently it was DUI, but some kid got caught and he ratted out the whole kind of operation and they did a, they did a a surveillance on his, on his house. And I was leaving the house with, with a load. And, um, so you were a truck driver for, um, agricultural products. (laughs) Hey, what did you drive? What was your car? Oh, it was a, (laughs) <laughs> the only thing I could afford, man. It was a Hyundai Sonata. It was an old Hyundai Sonata. All right. But um I'm down. Yeah. So that 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 whole thing happened. So I had to go to the uh, So they the cops pull you over and open your trunk and you got a bunch of weed in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, anything else besides weed? No. Thank God. Like not you didn't have like five thousand pills of Molly or something? No. Thank God. No, just, wouldn't just be talking to you probably. Um, but but uh, that was yeah. So so 
Hey, heard. what year was that? Isn't that weird now? Like you'd be, oh, you're like a national hero if you're driving weed around. All, all, all of those guys now just do it legally, and, and and it's on their Instagram. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, so so that was during uh, midterms at URI. So I had to go to the ACI for a little bit, and then when I got out on bail, wait, I, you went to the what for a little bit? ACI? Uh, yeah, there's jail, and then there's prison. That was that's that's the prison. So okay, um. Not, not, not for very long, but that's where they hold you. They don't hold you for like long periods of time in jail. So then when I was there, um, I was, that was, that was, that was the rock bottom because then I got out and I withdrew from URI because I didn't know what the case was going to do. And I had missed all my midterms with being in, in jail isn't a valid excuse. So they didn't let me retake them. So I'm like, all right, I'm either going to fail all my classes right now, or I'm going to, um, just withdraw and take an eye. So I withdrew and I was, you know, sitting at home and I'm like, what, how how do we go from here? So I had absolutely no money and I had just withdrawn from school. And because of the nature of that, I, I was discharged from the military. I was honorably discharged because I was a civilian on my own time. I didn't just service the military, but, but, I was out of the military and in doing that um, move with school about a week later, I got a note of a, a, a letter from URI saying that I owed them $7,000. And I was like, why do I owe you $7,000? He said, well, you withdrew from school after the drop date and your GI bill retracted. So I was just like, Oh God. So I'm now, and I'm like, well, I don't have it. And they're like, okay, we well, go to collection. So, so I'm, I'm 24 years old at this time. And I was a senior in college and I withdrew and I was literally just sitting there with my dick in my hand and I'm like, well, let's hustle boy. Let's, 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 let's make it happen. So I had already done all the kinesiology classes. I was like one semester away from the degree. So I went and I uh, took the last pennies I had and I got a personal training certification through NASM. I didn't even need to open the book. I just went to take the test. And, um, and I, and I started training. I hustled. I was training every which way I could. I was doing boot camps on Narragansett beach. I did boot camps in a sorority house. I bought some kettlebells and had people in my basement and would train them in my basement. I was training anybody I could get content with. If they could give me 20 bucks, if they could give me 10 bucks. I wouldn't care. Like I was just trying, I was working in the restaurant. I was going a million miles an hour and then ended up saving a little bit of money enough to get a CrossFit certification, ended up getting a CrossFit certification in like 2012, I think. And, um, was training people at the CrossFit gym that my college rugby coach had opened. So I was, I had my hands in just as much fitness as I could. And I started this website, fleecerfitness.com. And I would go around and I would take videos of other coaches to just try and network and just try and, you know, get get, get content, you know? And, um, and so if you went to fleecerfitness.com, it wouldn't necessarily be me working out. It would be, hey, here's this trainer going to show you this movement with this equipment. Here's da, da, da. So that website, uh, if you're going to pull it up, is no longer there. You might be able to find something, but it's no longer there. <laughs> way, exactly. so I, was, um, I was actually getting my back tattooed, and um, I was emailing to some, some gyms to see if they wanted to do some stuff with my website, and Ocean State CrossFit was one of them. And I hit up the owner. And he said, yeah, come by tomorrow, uh, come work out at noon. So I came by the next day, worked out and. I, this is, so this is, uh, uh, 11 years ago. Yeah. And, um, and 
I went there and I beat everybody. And he's like, hey, who the fuck are you? And can you come back here tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. So I went back the next day and he's like, my business partner's here. And it was like this older dude in a suit. And we worked out again. And then he's like, you got time to talk? And we went and talked. And they just talked to me for like 20, 30 minutes. And he's like, how do you like to work here? And I'm like, I can't, man. Like I'm literally doing all these different things. And at that point, I was also helping this guy open a restaurant that was literally supposed to open the next day. And I was going to- Did you have a girlfriend during this time? No. no. You're just hustling. Yeah. No corgis, no vagina, no nothing. Just working every, every, every moment of every day. Um, Okay. And, and I was supposed to open this restaurant the next day. And this guy says, well, all right, I'll, um, I'll give you $40,000 a year. You'll coach 27 classes a week. You can do personal training here and keep a hundred percent of it. And I said, fuck, when do you want me to start? And he said, tomorrow at 5am, you got a key. And, um, Literally, on, on the ride home, I hit up my mom. This dude, like, that's a lot of classes. That's four classes a day, dude. That was a, that was a half of what I was like hustling with. So, so on the way home, I called my mom, and I was like, you know, hey, I just got this opportunity. She's like, you know, what do you want to do with your life, right? In ten years, do you want to be the best trainer in Rhode Island, or do you want to be, you know, the best bartender? I said, I want to be the best trainer. She said, well, you know, what you have to do. So I said, all right. So I went. Why out. your mom? Why not your dad? Um, I'd have probably I'd have called my mom too. I was gonna say <laughs> probably, but not not even probably hundred <laughs> percent. I don't really have an answer to that. I love my dad very much. Um, but your mom always believed in you. Your mom always yeah, believed in you. Yeah, but um, but she said you know, and and that line stuck with me because that line stuck with me really big because that next day I went and I started at Ocean State and that started this this journey that 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 I'm still on now and um. And I went, I went and opened and I went to the restaurant that morning for the first day opening. And I told the guy and I was expecting him to flip out. And he goes, bro, this isn't what you're going to do for a living, man. I appreciate you helping me, but that's your, that's your opportunity. And he like wished me luck. And I was like really relieved by that. So then I just went and you were probably really good at that though, too, huh? You weren't fucking around anything you did. You just did good. Pretty, pretty much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I do everything pretty hard. Um, <laughs> that's, anytime I talk to people about you, that's what I say. But, um, but, I do stuff. How do you do stuff? Good? No, hard. 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 It's it's a, it's a level beyond good. Well, you do stuff with excellence? No, hard. I um I remember that line because then a couple of years later, like things had developed at Ocean State, and they kept developing and developing and developing. And um and in 2015. We were the first gym from Rhode Island to make it to regionals. And a gym had done it before, but it wasn't like the same thing. It was when you could just sign up and go. It wasn't able to qualify, let alone year after year. And that time it just kept getting harder and harder and harder. Um, yeah. But in 2015, we ended up making the, the, the first punch to regionals. And I got an email that I didn't even know this was going to be a thing, but I got an email after the Open was done. It said, congratulations, Ray Fleece, for your performance in the Open. Um, you've earned the term, the title fittest man in the round. And I remember like, I'm like, I coached this team. And I got, the, I called my mom and I said, mom, I remember what you, when you asked me if I wanted to be the best trainer in Rhode Island in 10 years. And you said, yeah. And I said, well, I did it. And it didn't take 10, it took three. And I like, I always remember that. <laughs> Dude. So, yeah. So my, so that, At that point, were you, uh, owning the gym yet or still just working there? 
Still, I was the head coach at that time. My, and there was so, only one at that time? There was one Ocean State at that time, yes. Okay. The how new, did the you Ocean guys State meet? North. How did you meet him, Brian? How do you know Ray? Well, because he was the fittest in Rhode Island, and I know okay, everyone is just, the fittest anywhere. Right, no, right, right. okay, okay. Uh, Ray, well, I mean, I could, as far as his individual CrossFit career goes, he he did end up taking that team to the games in 2017, and then um, I don't know exactly how he got on my radar, but you know, I was I spent the time of 2015 to 18 studying affiliates methodology, the level one stuff, just as much as any of the game stuff. Um, and you know, he came across my path during that time and then they started competing. He, he would start, he did, uh, I think his teams did a lot of competitions during the sanctionals tours of the, those two years. And we met at one of those. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Ray, in uh, what year did you buy the gym? 2016. Then I'm going to skip ahead a little bit cause I don't want to run out of time. Although we have plenty of time. I know things can just fly by. You have two gyms now and, and. And they're both successful? Yes. So Cranston, the original Ocean State CrossFit, um, a partner, or at the time a member, uh, Dave Ward-Smith, you know, we, we, were, we were very close friends and worked out together. And we were just talking about, you know, he was working at a physical therapist's office. And, you know, we, at that point in time, the owner, Aaron Meredith, he had basically phased out of uh, the, the front of the house operation. He was handling still some of the back of the house stuff, but but most members didn't know him, interacted with him, anything. A lot of people thought I owned it, um, and I did want to. So at some point in time, kind of talked to him about that, and he's like, "Yep." And then, I, so I kind of knew that Aaron would sell. And then in my communications with Dave, um, at one point we went out, and we were having some, we were having some drinks in Providence, and was, you want to do this? Let's fucking do this. Let's fucking do it. And, and we shook hands. Uh, over over espresso martinis on Federal Hill, and uh, and we we got to the drawing board, and we ended up buying out Aaron, and um, and it's been it's been an awesome an awesome ride. Dave's Dave's a great partner. Um, he handles the 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 back end of the operation, the member relations, and um, and I handle the front end, the uh, the fitness and, and and the actual operation uh, on the day to day, and obviously I do a lot of coaching as well. And then an athlete that I met at Ocean State, she started coming to Ocean State, um, this master's athlete, Jen Jasper, um, world record holder in, in Olympic lifting, absolutely amazing athlete. Um, she was coming to Ocean State and she, you know, had dreams of, of owning a gym. And she lives in Northern Rhode Island and kind of Dave and Jen and I just got to talking about, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe opening a gym up there. And then her husband, uh, he's not as competitive as she is, so the drive from Northern Island to Cranston was not something he was really interested in. Worked out at this gym called CrossFit No Risk, and he kind of heard that his wife was interested in you know maybe opening a gym up there, and he's like, "Hey, John, I think I think Judah might be down to sell No Risk." So the thought process with Dave, Jen, and I went from opening a gym on Northern Island to buying no risk and rebranding it um and, and changing it around to ours. so we did that that negotiation started before covid but then obviously we're not going to buy a gym during covid time so once the dust all settled from that we went back to the drawing board and um that 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 deal took uh it took about six months but it really took about a year um just to get the paperwork in order for the for the for the actual um why did they want to sell they were just done they had done their time 
Yeah, the owner, uh, Judah Boulay, he had, he had run it for a long time and he was moving on to kind of other things and sports performance stuff. Um, he's a coach of uh, Bryant College rugby team. He does some sports performance things in various capacities. And he had, he had, he had phased out of the CrossFit realm of Norris CrossFit a, a long time ago. He wasn't coaching class. He, um, yeah, it, 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 it was just, he, he was, he was down to, 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 to pass the torch and we rebranded it. Um, to Ocean State just because, well, it's going to do the same program. It's going to follow the same methodology we do. I'm not going to call that something else. Um, so we went in and changed around the facility to kind of suit the way uh, the Cranston facility is set up and, and and carry out the same operation. So the two mirror, they're, they're, they're mirror facilities. A lot of the coaches coach back and forth. They do the same programming, um, same, yeah, did I hear these numbers right? Are, are there you have six hundred members between the two? Yes. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's um, yep. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty special place. So, so I mean the Cran- the Cranston facility. There's there's people that drive like an hour to go there. You know, what I mean it's it's there's nothing really like it. Um, when you say what do you mean nothing like it? The, the how clean it is, how nice the people are, the equipment, the training. I would say all that. I would say all that. The P, um, so, oh, no, hold on, Ray. Let me let me let me help us out on that because he said when you took over and where they when uh, first guy offered you a job, twenty seven hours coaching a week, and then you could do your personal training based on what I you know, and you could keep one hundred percent of that. Based on what I know about you now, I'm guessing that you did also twenty seven hours of personal training a week. <laughs> like this guy, this guy works all day, man. I'm telling you. Something like that, but um, well, the thing that that makes Ocean State like really, really amazing is exact is is all the things you just said. It is incredibly clean. We keep it, we keep it immaculate, or at least <laughs> die trying. We actually don't even have a cleaning company. I I do it. My partner does it. Um, just over the years, we we hired and fired so many cleaning companies for doing an inadequate job that we just you know we sacked up and we bought the the floor scrubber. We bought. I spent two thousand dollars on on an industrial. Uh, remote vacuum cleaner because we kept killing the filters on Dyson's with the chalk dust. So we got this like, <laughs> uh, um, vacuum, like, like, like the, 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 the facility we do are absolute damnedest to keep clean. Um, I do want to, I want to echo that by the way, uh, Dyson is the best and coolest vacuum cleaner ever, unless you're really going to use it every day. I went through fucking five, $1,200, Dyson yeah. vacuum cleaners having three boys and two dogs at home and they just eat those cordless fuckers up. So don't do that. Just get the one at Costco, the shark and with the plugs, fuck cordless shit. Anyway, proceed. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, so the programming, um, I do it and I've done it, uh, since 2012 and you know, I, I definitely take a lot of pride in it. You um, write it or do you actually also do it yourself? So that was about to be what I, that was going to be what I said next. So, I do it, and um, I think that's a really important thing that's forgotten in, in 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 CrossFit these days. Is you know they, they say program for the best, scale for the rest, but when you when you look at a lot of gyms that are, that are, that are high performing, you don't see the best athletes taking class, and that's always been a philosophy at Ocean State. Like the competitors, like to compete, like you have to take class. It's not even like an option because how am I going to look? A, 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 person in the eye when they walk in the door and say, Hey, my gym's $199 a month. And it's one of the best gyms in the world. And you're going to get really, really, really fit. But all those amazing athletes over there, they do some other shit. 
Like, fuck that. Yeah, you got the Ariel Lowen. You must love Ariel Lowen then, huh? What's, who's that? She's a, she's a games athlete. She's a mom. And we had her on the show, and we're like, you know, she's a top 10, top 11 bet fittest woman in the world. And we're like, hey, how do you, what's your programming? She's like, I just go to an affiliate, and at the end of every week, I make a list of all the movements they did in the affiliate. Whichever ones they didn't do, then I do them on my own. So if the affiliate didn't program handstand walking, and she just takes the fucking classes and then yeah. fills in on the side what they didn't program. I'm Love like, that. what the Love fuck? Love and she's a savage. Love that. Yeah, well, crazy, right? Well, I mean, I just for the community aspect of it, like I, I, I take class from them. Every, everybody, you know, Christine Middleton is is the strongest female in CrossFit. You know, she she holds the record for the for the clean jerk two sixty five at Granite Games, and you know, she's a, a three time games athlete. Like, you know, absolutely amazing athlete, a USA weightlifting coach. She placed third at USA Nationals. You know, she's up on stage with Maddie, up on the podium with Maddie Rogers, and she takes class with our members. You know what I mean? So like you might have somebody who can clean 65 pounds and you got Christine is cleaning 285 pounds. It's happening in the same class with everything in between. So like on a date, we have 10 sets of rings and on a date with ring muscle ups, like they'll all be down and there'll be classes like, you know, the evening classes, people have to double up on them. You That's a very rare thing to go to a gym and see 12 people doing muscle ups in class, not in, not in, competitors session, whatever. Um, right. This isn't, this isn't 11 AM at Invictus. This is all day at, yeah. and that's not a dig in Invictus, by the way, great place, but this is just every class at, at ocean CrossFit. Yeah. And so we don't, and I've said this, I'm like, I was so excited when they started doing the affiliate leaderboard um, because I've always said that. And I actually used to like try and make some stuff with like looking at the leaderboard from locals in Rhode Island and, and, and piecing numbers to kind of see how gyms would rank, not just their top athletes. Because I used to say like, you know, yeah, when you know, rich froning is not necessarily indicative of CrossFit mayhem after rich froning and the neck and his team, whoever it might be there, let me see what the next 20 members are or Kelsey Keel and Tola Marquinho weren't necessarily, you know, indicative of, Invictus Boston. Let me see the next twenty members at that gym and how they rank up. And the and the list goes on and on. And I always said like we 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 don't have a Tia Tumi, we don't have a Matt Frazier, we don't have a Noah Olson. But what we do have is like fifty amazing athletes. We have like two hundred really good athletes. And like sometimes the numbers are almost unbelievable. Like there's over twenty women at Ocean State that can clean and jerk two hundred plus pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like hey, I said, that reminds me of Hiller when he owned a gym. Um, he, he wanted, he prided himself on saying, Hey, I have the fittest gym in the country. We're fitter he than He didn't Mayhem. know about Ray's gym. He didn't. He obviously didn't. That was, that was, that was but it didn't matter whether it's true or not. I just, it's just the fact that he, he believed that. Well, the, 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 the affiliate leaderboard, I thought was, I think that's the most important leaderboard when you're actually looking at what a gym can do. Like, don't worry about, especially now where you don't, you know, it's not that super teams are totally back because you have to at least be present for the open and for the quarterfinal in person. But the fact that you don't even have to go to the gym that you're going to compete for habitually, like teams are not representative of a gym's ability to cultivate athleticism because you can literally recruit. And that's what you're going to do. That's what you have to do to stay competitive. You know, we're recruiting. That's what you have to do. Um, you know, most of our athletes are organic, but, but if somebody lives an hour away and they're the only athlete from the gym and they want to come to Ocean State, come on by. But, um, but to know, you know, how a gym actually 
produces athletes. Look at the affiliate leaderboard with the top 20. That's that's where you're going to see it. And it was cool because we didn't have a Matt Fraser or a Teja Persevich, but we beat Mayhem. Like that, We had, comparatively speaking, fitter membership than Mayhem. Hey, they had some rando at Mayhem that Rich didn't even know. Uh, I, last year, sure. some fucking random dude at Mayhem won the first two workouts in the open or some shit. Do you remember that? He was beating everyone at Mayhem, and we're like, Rich, who is that? Rich is like, I don't know. <laughs> that was fucking crazy. Ray, will you? Can you talk? Because you know, pe- some people I think are asking questions that could help that you could help answer with this. Will you talk about how you program strength training at your gym, and not just like uh, like over the course of years, even? Yeah. So. Um, I don't want to give away all the secrets. Um, so I think a get big, a membership, get an oh, internship no, no. with can, Ray. No, I mean, Ray, the example that you, you gave the other—I I, I got you. I got you. So, so you you have to actually give strength its attention, and a lot of a lot of CrossFit methodology doesn't do that. So I'm a CrossFit level three. Oh, that, that's a funny fucking story we can go down. Um, I'll, I'll circle back. There's, I got a couple questions I got to get to you. I'll ask you about your level three. Um, but you know, that, that, that there's a lot of CrossFit teachings that I don't necessarily agree with. And, and, um, and the whole warm up for 45 minutes to do like a seven minute workout. Like I don't, I, at the end of the day, um, I think more can be done in an hour. So we definitely do the strength and Metcon, uh, format that I think a lot of gyms do that, you know, we'll build to a lift. And then we'll do a Metcon. And um, I think a lot of CrossFitters are used to the feeling of cardio. So they're wanting the fast pace and they don't take enough rest and they don't give strength enough time. So if you're, if you're looking to build, you know, if you're doing a snatch volume of like, you know, say you want to, say you want to do three sets of three reps, you know, that's not an approach that's going to happen in 10 minutes. That's like a 20 minute situation where you're doing like five, five, four, four, three, 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 like of all building sets until you finally get to the weight you're going to use, which might be like, you know, something like that, like 85%. And those sets need to be like very spaced out, like two, three minute breaks in between. So you can do your best at them because you need to create a situation where you can raise the ceiling for potential weight. If if you're always tired, you're always doing a superset wall ball, you're, you're not going to live to your potential. So you might try really hard and you're doing, you know, Hey, we're going to do a, a clean ladder where we're going to do uh five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. And you're going to end with a one rep max and cleans. And you're going to do it as fast as you can with five burpees in between each one. There's no way you're going to actually clean your heaviest weight. You want to clean your heaviest weight. You've got to pump the brakes, take big rests between sets. Um, and also the the the, the warm ups. A lot of gyms do um, do elaborate warm ups, but then don't teach the movement so much. So like I've been to gyms, I've dropped in at gyms where we might snatch, but we're going to do this really big crazy warm up, not really about the snatch. Then the coach will say, "Okay, you got seven minutes, build to a heavy snatch," and it's like that's not how people are going to get strong. First of all, like like they're not going <laughs> to learn the lift. Like during, if it's snatch day. The, the warm-up you do should be, all right, everybody grab a barbell or PVC pipe if, if we're not familiar with this lift yet and go through the overhead squat, go through the jumping under the bar, go, go through you know some different progressions with the snatch. They, like Warm up the snatch and then give them 20 minutes in a structured approach to be able Seems to- like common sense. This is like, seems like common sense. It's not the way a lot of gyms do it. But So Ray, that's the micro. 
but you, I, I, I saw this on your Instagram the other day that you, you spent basically two years chasing 20 pounds on your clean and jerk. I think yep. tried to go from 385 to 405. Yep. And, but, but, uh, in the macro sense, how you went about getting there was not a linear build. It was no. more of this like peaks and valleys. And that's something I say too, like the better somebody gets, the stronger somebody gets, the, the more they can destruct their body and the more they need to be aware of that and, and period out their recovery. So say you're somebody who's brand new to muscle ups and you can do them like a little bit. Well, you could probably do muscle ups like four or five days a week because if you're doing, you know, in a 10 minute period, I kind of say like when you practice the skills, like you should really get them in about 10 minutes. That's the sweet spot. If you're practicing handstand push-ups, double unders, toe to bar, whatever, as an accessory workout, you should, 10 minutes is like your sweet spot because after that, the productivity's, the movement pattern is going to break down productivity. So when it comes to, you know, strength or, or, uh, advanced gymnastics. If 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 you're not very strong or you don't have very big capacity with gymnastics, you can do that stuff pretty frequently. If you can clean and jerk as a guy, if you can clean and jerk like 150 pounds, not to insult anybody that has that lift, that's perfectly fine. But that's not destroying your body too much. You can probably lift weights pretty consistently for a long period of time. If you get into the higher things, you know, north of 300, 350 pounds on the clean and jerk, ladies, north of like 250 pounds on the clean, when you do one of those sessions, what that's doing to your body, your central nervous system, your tendons, your ligaments, what that's doing to you, it takes a while to recover. So when you do like a strength cycle, if say you're preparing for uh, a meet, uh, an Olympic lifting meet or a powerlifting meet or, or, or you know, semifinals of the games, you're ramping up your training, you're ramping up your volume. Um, and when you kind of like peak, when you're kind of done, when you hit your goals, whatever, you need to give yourself a little bit of time to recover. And you got to be, you got to be understanding of the fact that in that time, you're going to lose a little bit. But if you went up to here, you're only going to lose to here. So then the next time you push, you're going to go to here and you're going to recover to here. So it's not linear. It's more like that kind of stock market of growth over time. Yeah. And people yeah. got to be aware of that and be comfortable with that. I think that one of the scary things for people is sometimes they think they're building this strength and then they'll get to week three, four, five, six or whatever the cycle is supposed to be and they can't hit the number that they're expecting to hit. And then they, they're like scared that like, wait a minute, is everything I'm doing wrong and they might abandon it. But it's perfectly fine to have that little lull that you talk about of that recovery and that reset before you make the next jump. Yeah, so – there's a lot of variables to that that's going to have to do with recovery. That's going to, have to do with diet. That's also going to have to do um, with 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 genetics. And a lot of people get really um, frustrated when they they're 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 looking left and right instead of having the blinders on. I'd say if you take ten people off the street and you give them the exact same squat program and the exact same diet and the exact same uh, sleeping pattern and lifestyle habits, you're still going to see ten slightly different results. Not everybody's built the same, so. One, you know, you write these, you write, you write these, um, these programs out, and some people may hit the numbers exactly. Some people may actually exceed what you kind of thought they could do on them, and some people might come up a little bit short. But that's that's that that's part of it. Um, and I think that's really important too when when you're doing uh, strength programming, you're doing strength cycling, to come up with realistic goals and make sure you don't come out too hot. So. Like this, the the one that that I ran to do a to do that four or five clean, 
Uh, it was a 16 week program. And like the first, it was four weeks. That I was you did it. it. You did it. Yes. Wow. So, so it was a four week program that cycled four times. And I told people like, Hey, the first four weeks, like you should leave every session and say, I could have done 10 pounds more. I could have done 15 pounds more because if you start your baseline testing at max effort, there's no way you're going to build on that on three more cycles. And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I mean, even, even at my gym, even with all the explanation and coaching and, and stuff that I tried to try to uh, convey some people in those, in those first four weeks of baseline testing would still go too hard. And I'm like, Oh, you, this was supposed to be like a five by five that you're going to do more on the second and more on the third and more on the fourth cycle. And you just went to failure. It's unlikely you're going to make those numbers increase four times. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the big, that's the big issue people have. They go too heavy, too fast. And this is, this is crazy. (laughs) This is absolutely nuts. When, when was this? Uh, November 28th. Oh my God. He knew the exact date because it says it right there on the screen. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't <laughs> I didn't <know> that. <laughs> no, that yeah. was a shot. Oh, he's making fun of me. Don't worry. He does. Brian's very good like that. He doesn't make fun of the guests. Wow. But 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 this is the thing. Like what I like what I like about about Ray is that he's doing it with them. Like there are times that he'll be in one of those classes doing the same oh, thing as them. Class. That was in class. There's another video of that. Like the video that's happening right here. I remember. I remember too. This is so there's wow. Hey, what are you thinking in the hole? Did you think you weren't going to get it? Um, to be honest with you, that I've caught that without reading the whole post here. I've, I've, I've gone for that on four separate occasions, and um, that was like the most secure I had caught it. And, um, and I just, I, I don't know what I was really thinking. We just keep going, just keep going. Damn. He's always thinking, but he, but, but I, I guarantee you what happened, what happens there. And this happens at the affiliate I train at too, is that on the way there, there might be people that are hitting bigger sets for you, that, no, bigger numbers than you on that five by five. But at the end of the cycle, they're not hitting the four or five because they've overdone it in the process and they haven't paid attention to the details. Or they broke along the way. Also said that you got to get your body acclimated to the volume you're about to put it through. So like doing 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 a strength cycle is like okay, you're doing like two hours worth of lifting. Um, another thing I don't think a lot of people are 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 willing to do is take off days. So I would do like a two hour lifting session, and then the next day it would be completely off. Um, what is this? That's sorry all, to interrupt. What what all, movement is this? A tall snatch or. It, most people call it a tall snatch. You can call it a snatch pull under. So it isolates it's like the, a sumo snatch. There, you're not even exploding at the bottom. I feel like if I tried that with like 10 pounds, my shoulder would break off, it, let it alone a fucking whole barbell. Isolates, like look how slow that is. What are you doing there? So it isolates the third pull. There's no jump. If I were to jump, that'd be a high hang squat snatch. You'll see the initiation is with the arm pull and that, and then I just pick my feet up and drop straight down. This How fucking morning, strong do you have to be to do that? My God. So, well, that's all that's all technique. That's not that's not like a strength movement. So that this isn't the strength. Look at what's going on here. All you're so, doing so, is not a strength yeah. movement. That that's, thing is crazy. That's only 155 pounds. Oh for, my I, bad. <laughs> I've snatched 315. So so th- for me to cap out at 55 pounds, it's 50 percent. 
So proportionally, that's a very weak lift. Now, if you go to the next video in this post, by jumping under the bar, I add 125 pounds by jumping under the bar, aka the high hang squat. That's 275 for three. So a very minor difference, but now this is the second and third pull. So now I jump under the bar. That simple act of jumping adds 125 pounds of potential to the set. That's 275 you're hang snatching? For three. A high hang snatching, but yes. <laughs> and look, but look at this. Look at the other people in these videos, Sevan. These are just the mem- members of the class. Yeah, that was class. Yeah, he does this shit in the classes. It's a lead by example. Why, uh, Ray, Ray, why did you, um, when you opened your second gym, why did you keep the CrossFit name? You already had one. Why, why pay two affiliate fees? Um, I suppose. And was, it, and was it a struggle for you? Were you thinking, ah, maybe I just won't do this one as CrossFit? No, we wanted to keep the brand. We have pride, sort of like what you said. Um, you know, I, I, I do have pride in, in, in taking part in a style of fitness that most people are maybe a little bit intimidated by or, or can at least acknowledge that it's, 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 it's very challenging. It's humbling. Um, but also those members, um, they take pride in that. Again, we didn't start a gym. We bought a gym. We, you know, we rebranded it. We, 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 we brought our methodology there, um, but but those people were doing CrossFit. We didn't want to we didn't want to pull the rug out on that. And then also, um, and then also, those members uh, had some had done the open. The open wasn't as celebrated as it is in in, in Cranston, the original Ocean State. But we were certainly going to bring that there. So um, we do the Friday night lights there. Uh, we, we the open is a big thing. Um, yeah, we, we we wanted to make that cross. We wanted to keep on cross it. The affiliate fees validated. And, and what, and what do you get from that? B- basically a lot of people say it's a, it's a loyalty. You, so you like the name, you like representing the brand. So, I definitely like the name. I definitely like the brand. I don't get anything from CrossFit HQ. So they, they're cute with the calling it affiliate. I don't know. People say, Oh, what is it a franchise? Like, no, it's not a franchise. It's quality control. So somebody from, you know, corporate will go around to Subway and make sure that there aren't rats running around the place. Somebody from corporate will go around to, to, to Buffalo Wild Wings and make sure that, that you know, the, the, the bartender isn't, you know, spitting in the drinks. So <laughs> there's quality control, right? Fuck, there's no quality control in CrossFit. So I don't get anything out of them. I wish there was. Every, I, tell, I tell you what, every horror story you've heard, even if that particular one was a lie, it's probably happened somewhere. It's probably true. Um, you know, but, um, okay. and we got to share in that name and that sucks. So I wish there was quality control. Um, you know, but they don't do any advertising for us. And I think that's a huge thing with, with, with franchising is, um, you know, you'll never watch the Super Bowl and see a CrossFit commercial, right? You'll never, you'll never, you'll never be driving down the road and, and hear on the radio, a, a CrossFit commercial. The only time you ever see, CrossFit commercials is on the Jumbotron in between events at Wadapalooza or, or, or in a, a CrossFit event where everybody there already knows it's CrossFit. Like, who are you marketing to? Um, so I don't get anything out of CrossFit. Um, I, I definitely, again, it's kind of circling back to my rock bottom. Um, my rock bottom in my early 20s, you know, I was, I, I, CrossFit saved my life for sure. If it wasn't for CrossFit and I stayed doing what I was doing, I'd be dead. I, I don't know that I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I didn't wind up dead anyway, but 
Really? Why didn't was so you get? I don't get it. Why? I don't get that. Go back to some of those people are unsavory people, and you never know what kind of situations they may wind up in. You know, it, luckily things never went really wrong for me. Um, but but I mean, aside from getting <laughs> arrested, oh, Pat, look but, look right. But then also, but a lot of a lot of a lot of the the, the people that 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 I used to hang around with back then did wind up. You know, when when Percocets dried up. Uh, went went the heroin route, and a lot of them have passed away. Um, you know, I've lost a, I've lost a lot of friends with that, but but CrossFit saved my life. And when you, uh, by the way, just on a side note, when you say heroin, do you mean fentanyl? Uh yeah, yeah it's yeah. insane, but yeah, um, right. no, no, nobody, nobody really wants to do fentanyl. They 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 started with Percocets, and right, that dried up, and they went to heroin, and now now it's now it's fentanyl. And, but, and then um, someone laced it with fentanyl, and they died. But um. Hey, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who died like more than, more than five. Oh shit. But, um, yeah, family was, members, any family members? Um, thank God. No, no, that was like a period of time. Like in my, in my later twenties, like I, I was like going like a funeral a year. Yeah. But, um, but CrossFit saved my life. So I do have some loyalty to that. Um, and I wouldn't be, who I am if it wasn't for having gotten in trouble and uh, the ocean state community, like some people could look at that and say, Oh, what the fuck? I didn't know Ray was a fuck up back in the day. Well, lucky Ray, <laughs> Ray fuck up was what well, lit a fire under my ass to become the coach fleece that people know today. So it, you know, it is what it is. Um, Hey, there's only two kinds of people, man. There's people who fucked up and have, uh, uh, straightened their, straightened out and then there's people who are still fucking up so i don't trust anyone who who hasn't fucked up uh and, and had to straighten themselves out nobody like, like dallin pepper don't don't get it yeah like dallin fuck that dude everything or everything's way too good so, in his life so no. so so cause it saved my life so that's 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 one of the reasons for that brand and fitness most certainly saved my life so that's that's why we do the move to your program uh, when we got involved with the move to your program, because that is saving people's lives. Like every, every week people are saying like this, this program is what's keeping me off the ledge. Um, but at the and end, Hey, you wouldn't be doing that program probably if you hadn't have gone through what you had gone through. Same thing with Matt Schindeldecker. I don't know if you heard that show, but that dude's mom came onto a fucking school bus and killed the bus driver right in front of him. And, and that was 28 years of fucking trauma that it, and he didn't fucking know why he had to go through that in his life. And now today he's helping fucking thousands of kids yeah. based on that trauma he had. So, and, and those kids wouldn't have that opportunity if Matt hadn't have had to go through that pain. You know what I mean? So it's like, fuck, he's an alchemist and that's what you are too. You're an alchemist. You're, you're tr transforming what you, you know, you're struggling to something positive. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's what CrossFit has helped me with. That's what fitness has helped me with. That's why I, I pay it forward. And, and, and again, the, the rock bottom is what ended up lighting the fire that led to who I am now. Um, so that's that. But as far as what I get out of CrossFit, the name, that's a marketing tool. And that's the right to show up on Google. And we, we generate new members from two things. One is word of mouth. The other is Google. And, and we always ask people, come in, hey, how do you hear about us? And most of them say, oh, I Googled CrossFit or they heard about us. And, um, and when the Googling stops happening, when the CrossFit name is, is no longer worth $6,000 between the two affiliates a year because of marketing, then 
then we'll, we'll reevaluate. But at this point in time, uh, Google is our biggest, uh, our biggest <clears throat> recruit. If you think back, seven, you know, when, when Greg talks about the origins of CrossFit, he would say, you're, you don't need a billboard. Every member is my walking billboard, but mm-hmm. the world's changed now. There's well, that, a lot of people that I think a lot now, of, especially uh, in the last couple of years, people aren't going out in social settings the way that they used to. They're not even going to the grocery store the way that they used to anymore. And Mark and CrossFit has not responded in terms of, of, of marketing to, uh, you know, uh, uh, help affiliates in that regard. So well, Ray says, yeah, some people hear about it by word of mouth, but a lot more people in the last three to five years are, are finding things online. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of the, I, you know, Glassman says some, some great stuff. At the end of the day, he started an amazing, an amazing movement. But I think there's a lot of things, a lot of practices that are really just a denial of responsibility. So a big one is, you know, the, the, the answer to why is there no quality control and like his kind of philosophy of like survival of the fittest. Oh, if you're a bad gym and you don't have good hygiene habits and you don't have good coaching and you don't have good, um, and you don't have good, uh, equipment and, 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 and whatever, you're not going to make it that that's his answer to that. And I'm like, okay, that's true. But in the process of that, they're going to, they're going to give a well, lot. We all, the problem is we, you nailed it. We all share the same name. So you're yeah, kind of, what well, you're saying might be true, but you're also fucking us. Exactly. Right. So like in, in, so here's, here's, you know, CrossFit one, two, three, they suck. They got a bad coach. He's a creep. He's sending dick pics to all the chicks. He's like, he's taking people's money and he's not showing up to class. He's just doing every horror story you heard he's doing. And he goes out of business. Cool. In Glossman's eyes. All right. Well, survival of the fit. He's out of business. In my eyes, I'm like 500 people walk through the door and now hate CrossFit because of that douche. And I, (laughs) they're wondering if Ray's going to send dick pics. (laughs) Hey, it's a, it's a, hey, it's a, it's a valid, it's a valid point. Yeah, if you get a picture of my sausage, it's my dog. That, those are the people that were looking for Ray Flesher. They didn't, they forgot it was actually Fleecer. You're right. Ray, Ray tell, tell me, tell me about the, um, uh, Hey, on the other hand, I just want to say this, be careful what you ask for too, you know, because People always think the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And you think, okay, we're going to do a little uh, quality control. And uh, ne- next thing you know, they got their thumb up your ass. Well, that's you know it. what I mean? You know I mean, like, I mean. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. I wouldn't want somebody coming in. And maybe it's just because, you know, I believe that what I'm doing is, is a great job. I think deep down right. people are doing a shit job. They know they're doing a shit job. But, but I wouldn't want that. I would, <laughs> so on the one hand, I'm like, eh, but on the other hand. Hey. It, 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 here, I'll give you this too. You want to just get crazy before I ask you about level three. There's all this talk about fucking um, uh, giving police more training. Listen, dumb fucks. The police don't need more training. You as a society need more training. Police you as a society need to fucking learn how to interact with cops. You dumb fucks. It's like bees. You don't see a bee full of bushes and jump into it trying to get honey. You stay away from that bush and you go to the store and get the honey. I'm not defending any bad action. They're fucking a necessary fucking evil. Leave them the fuck alone and learn how to deal with fucking cops. Why is it always the same fucking person who's resisting arrest that ends up getting the fucking their head kicked in? I've never I, I want I never see the fucking video where 30 cops just show up to someone's house and beat the fuck out of them. 
Well, the, 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 you don't see the black kid playing the tuba on his front lawn and the cops go up and start beating him. It's always like, and maybe they tell you to get on the ground and you shouldn't get on the ground. Maybe, but, but hey, you know how this plays out. I know you own that bush and there's a thousand bees in it. Don't go over and tell them to get out. And anyway, I just I just get frustrated that society just wants to blame. There becomes a point where people need to take some fucking personal or fucking responsibility. Be careful what you ask for. We got rid of cops in, in Portland and look what's happening. Murders up 422%. Oh, that's that. That was you, jackasses. Yeah, the, the the scene in Rhode Island is not so great. The scene in Rhode Island is not so great. After Sorry, I, I didn't mean to drag it, you into my political ramp, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, let's ask him about his level three. Okay, your level three, easy, Sevon. Sorry, I just, I'm just, I'm so tired. I want to see a video every day of cops doing good shit, not bad shit. And there's millions of them on YouTube. I'm gonna start a series on my show, cops that do good stuff. <laughs> Fucking cops need more training. You jackasses need more training. Stop fucking having kids if you're not going to raise them. Fucking idiots. Oh, my wife's not going to like that. She just told me last night to stop the name calling. Okay, level three. So you took your level three. Well, so I did a level one and then. What year? Uh, 2012, I think. Yeah, you talked about that. You scraped your, your, some, your minimal coin together to do it. Yes, yep. And then. It was, it's funny when I was, so when I started at Ocean State, a lot of members would say, oh, well, well did you graduate from your eye? And I said, no, I'm actually like, 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 you got like, you know, senior job out. I got one semester left. And they always said, oh, we'll go back. And at the time I said, well, Aaron, the owner of the gym, he's not going to pay me more if I go back and get my degree. So if you pay for it, I'll go. But otherwise I'm not going to go back. And um, I always planned on finishing my degree. Uh, but kind of one semester at a time, I just was real busy working and just knew that a degree in kinesiology would never actually give me anything because all that was left was the practical hours and I was already in the field. So like, well, I'm going to pay you or I to do a semester of like intern, like, fuck that. I'm already, I'm, I'm in the field. And that's kind of like a, like, Hey, word to anybody who may watch this and is thinking about being a trainer for a living. Don't go to school for kinesiology. You don't need that degree. If you want to be a physical therapist, you do. But I did learn a lot, but I also wasted a lot of money. You know, like I want to be a trainer and here I am paying the university of Rhode Island for Western Civ music, theater, Spanish. And I, I got horrible grades in those classes because I didn't give a fuck because I wasn't there to do it. So whatever college is another rant. So cross level one. And then there was a period of time where I wanted to step my game up a little bit. My level one was starting to kind of like get close to expiring. I think I was like three years in. So I did the level two. And then, then several years later, I was thinking that I might want to get the level three, but then I was kind of pushed because my level one was going to expire. And I thought kind of having level two would push it forward. But apparently like, if you so you're saying after three years you got the level two, but I your th- level I, one was still going to expire after five. Yeah, that. Yeah. So so yeah, that. So so I got my level. My level. Some one, of this has changed like, over the years. years. Later, I got my level two, and that doesn't extend the life of the level one. Your shelf life, your level one, is still there. Fuck that. Anyway. <laughs> um, Yes. So, so then I, I, I'm like, okay, well, how, what do I have to do to keep my credits? And they're like, well, you, if you do the level three, it extends the life of your level one. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I don't know why level two doesn't do that, but whatever. So I studied my fucking ass off for the level three, which was a really shitty time to do it because 
I was, it was, the, it was 2018 and I had a team that I was on for regionals and four individuals that made it to regionals and a master that made it to the games and in the club that I was coaching Ocean State's finest. So running those sessions, managing the team and, and running the sessions with all the individuals. Um, and then my normal coaching job and my normal, um, training, personal training and everything. And so I'm working, you know, I'm already working 50 plus hours a week. And then you throw in, and that's, that's the norm for me. 50 to 60 is, is the norm for me. And then you throw in the, competitors program during the, the season and that's on top i don't stop work to do that that just makes my saturday go from three hours to six hours and then maybe seven hours and then um we were also moving buildings that was the winter i was doing a build out at the building we are now in and i was going to have to be moving so i've got my normal 50 60 hour work week i've got the addition of training the competitors and I'm also, you know, putting on, you know, some grinding clothes and going and doing construction at our soon to be building. And now I'm getting, you know, the pressure from CrossFit saying you need to do your level three or your level one's going to expire and explain to them, hey, we're in season. I'm the coach. Here's the team. Here's the individuals. Here's here's the place. I'm literally swinging a hammer and doing. Can you like give me a couple months? And they were like, no, we can't do that. This is the date. And I'm like, fuck you. But okay. So, right, right, right. Hey, you should be in the movies. That was real. That was some Al Pacino shit. Say hello to my little gun. Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, it's good. What are you? What's your ethnicity? What's your ethnicity? Um, I'm a mutt, but a good a good amount of Italian is in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I ended up studying my ass off, and I passed it. And um, and I, that that was a really uh that was a really proud moment for me. There's like a picture of me with my test score on my Instagram. From, Back then, that was like a really proud moment. Not just passing the L three, but the circumstances that I had to prepare for it. Like I was, I was, I was studying, you know, like midnight to four a.m. before opening the gym. Like, yeah, that was that was fucking brutal. And um, and I passed that. And I thought, I thought that that like lasted a really long time. I didn't know how long that lasted. Um, but I'm kind of like in order the application to even like apply for the CrossFit level three. Like you have to coach so many classes, whatever. Like I don't know what it was at the time, but I've coached over ten thousand classes. And I hit that, I think more like 12,000, I hit 10,000 a couple of years ago. But, um, but I also take in CrossFit Strongman and CrossFit Kids. So, um, you know, I've, I've I heard CrossFit that. Kids is fucking amazing. Did you it's, like it? Did you take CrossFit Old People too? The thing Matt Swift made up? I heard that's CrossFit, amazing. I have not. CrossFit Kids. I think that might be gone, by the way, but I heard CrossFit, that's as good as the L1. CrossFit Kids is awesome. It's just, that's kind of a separate conversation. It's hard to run. It's hard to do a program to allocate a room and a coach because there's a demand. We've got a bunch of kids within the community, but they don't all share the same schedule. So it's like Tim's parents can get in there on Tuesday. Billy's parents can get in there on Thursday. Cindy's right. parents can get her there in the morning. So it's like to say like, Hey, we're going to cross the kids at five thirty PM. Like we've tried it and maybe we'll try it again. And, know? and it's hard finding a transgender uh, level one coach to teach your kids class. <laughs> Well, by their rule, it would have to be it would have to be me because I'm the one who got the cert, and I, most importantly, I'm the one whose background. Uh, well, you make sure only transgender are teaching your kids uh, stuff. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but um, but then you know, so last year, last year, two years ago, I forget exactly. Um, started getting heat from CrossFit again. It was during COVID that like, oh, your credentials are going to expire. I'm like, what the fuck? 
I'm a level three. Like I pass it. Like, I'm, I'm actively working in the field. I get like if I like took the test, pass, and then I, I, I stopped working. But I'm, I'm working in the field. I've literally coached to the games since taking the. Okay, what do I need to do to keep it? And they told me the continuing uh, education courses I had to take, and they were seminars, and I had to take several of them. And I forget exactly what they were, like a thousand dollars a piece, and I had to take several of them, and. Because of COVID, they weren't even in person. They were online. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah, that sucks. I'm like, hold on. I snatched 315. I clean and jerk 385. I literally coached athletes to the games. And your bathrooms are clean. You have hot clients that you don't fuck. I mean, you check all the boxes. Now you want me to pay $1,000 to take the Olympic weightlifting seminar. I'm a USA weightlifting coach. Now you want me to take the USA weightlifting seminar, uh, the the CrossFit weightlifting seminar, give you another $1,000. But wait, it's online. It's not even in person. Once again, fuck that. So, so what did you do? Hey, can you take a level four and never have to deal with any of that shit again? Well, maybe, but I I, I, I was in a pissing match with him and I dug my feet in and I didn't bend. I got, I lost my credential down to an L1 because, or I guess L2 because an L2 is valid if you've got an L and they're like so you have your L3 but you're not allowed to tell anyone you have your L3 because you didn't do the follow up you didn't maintain it. Yes he says but fuck all that I'm an L3. So no I'm sorry I didn't give CrossFit an extra couple thousand dollars to do online seminars for shit. So when will your L will your L2 now expire and then your L1 and then you'll lose your gym? So when no 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 when it was going to when it was going to when my L3 was going to expire and I was getting in a pissing match with them I'm like guys like 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 I'll, I'll like pay you if it's a matter of you just want money. Like I'll give you a thousand dollars to like maintain my certification. But like, like, like what I don't want to do online seminars for content. I already know, by the way, everything that's in those seminars is in the level three. Anyways, you have to read all the handbooks anyways, like to, 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 to pay money to do the Olympic weightlifting seminar through CrossFit. You have to learn that content for the L3 anyways. So I said, well, where can we go from here? They said, you can do your L1 and I go, Fuck you. Fine. So I paid and I did the L1 again. And Online? That, so he was so stupid. So I thought it was just going to be the test. So did the test. And then I get an email from CrossFit saying, all right, you did like half of it, but you have to sit in on the webinar. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, well, yeah, this the, the, the CrossFit level one is, is, a, is a live webinar. I'm like, guys. I, I would die if I had to sit through one of those. So I sat through the L1 again. On general principle, I wasn't going to give CrossFit, like, I'm not doing a bunch more than me to maintain the L3. Hey, this reminds me of people wearing masks on airplanes and everyone's like, they made us do it. It's like, no, if everyone just stopped flying, they wouldn't have made you do it. They would have had to fucking let up because they, because they need people in those seats. I feel like at some point there needs to be like, dude, you own two fucking affiliates You've taken the level one, level two, level three kids. Uh, you, you mentioned one more. I don't know if it was football or, or weightlifting. It's like, wh- when does it stop? So I think, you know, in this regard, I mean, I'm, I'm, I believe in some sort of continued education, but also like, don't make it feel like a money grab. No, but in, in this regard, you know, I, I, I believe when I took the level one that they said, we recommend 750 hours of coaching before you take your level two. And I took that somewhat seriously. I had a Google spreadsheet and I documented because I was like shadowing classes and I was um, co- like coaching classes, but being observed. And then eventually I started coaching classes and I documented all the way until I made it to a thousand hours. And I thought in my mind, okay, I've exceeded their recommendation. I've actually been in the field doing the thing. 
And now it, I, I feel like at any time going forward from now, I should be ready to take the level two. But you don't have to do that. There's nothing holding, holding you accountable to those 750 hours. It's just a recommendation. Yeah. I think at the level three, there is some kind of stipulation where you have to be able to document that you've actually coached yeah, a certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And what I don't understand is why the if you want to maintain your level three, that you just have to keep coaching. And you can just every year say, here, here's my coaching log for the year. Good. You're good for one more year. Yeah. Well, they didn't see it that way. <laughs> I do see it that way. So I dug my feet in and I said, fine, what's the cheapest way I can maintain credential to have my affiliate? And they said, retake the L1. And I said, all right, that's what I'll do. Hey, do you have any burnout? Um, I'm shifting subjects here. I always think like, like, at tw- like when I first found CrossFit, I wanted to open a gym so fucking bad. And and like, I used to just carry all, take all my weights and stuff down to the field in the back of my truck. And I would, I probably met like 10 people who would, work out with me every day there that i just met at the, at this track this public track in berkeley tall carl was one of them you, you guess yep and and after about i don't know after about six months of that shit i was like okay i'm I, like I, I don't want to open a gym and i always wonder like for you like i'm it's like 25 to 30 seems like a good time to open a gym and then I would think that maybe you'd get burnt out or like want to be more ambitious. And for you, you've scratched that ambition, right? You've opened a second gym. You have the, that, that program that's two days a week. That's helping people. You've, you've branched out and you have uh, Olympic weightlifting. You have all these, you know, different disciplines within, but is there, is there any advice you have for anyone who's 25 years old and wants to jump in all in with the gym, rent the space, sign the five-year lease, fucking get all the things the certificates buy the equipment like how do you stop from not getting burnt out and being like okay i want to do something else i mean even the guy you bought the gym from right both people they were ready to move on but you don't seem like you're ready to move on you seem like at 35 you just keep reinventing what what the gym is well i think make sure it's not a flavor of the week so the guy who started ocean state uh he he is a really, really, really passionate guy about whatever he's doing at the time. Um, and he's, he, and he's, he's a really smart guy and he's, he's very capable. I think is a good way to put it. Like, all right, he wants to start a gym and he is all in and, 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 and he made it happen. He's like, when he says he's going to do something like, he, when I say cable, like he can make it happen. He doesn't talk about it for a long time. He gets shit done. Um, but that wasn't his lifelong dream. He had done a couple of things before that. And then in the time, you know, that I had worked for him and he was, and he had switched over to online marketing, went really, really deep in with that. And then switched over to real estate and went re- he sold me my first house and went really, really, really deep in with that. And, um, and if first house, how many houses do you have? Uh, just, well, I moved out of that one, uh, West oh, my yeah. first house and then, uh, where I live now. Um, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't, and he didn't fail in that. And in, in, in a sense, he sold it, but, but that wasn't his lifelong dream. It, that was his business that he was passionate about at the time because it was what he was doing. Um, so for, so for people who are going to get into this and don't want to fail, they need to either be incredibly capable like that guy was. You need to be able to build something really good in a, in a short period of time and sell it like he did. Or you need to be like me and you need to be incredibly passionate and know that this is going to be your life. 
this is this is going to be your life for for a really long time. It's going to mean late nights. It's going to mean early mornings. It's going to mean putting on a face when you're when you're when you're when you're fucking dead and depressed and tired because people want to see Coach Ray. So you, you <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to put aside feelings. You're going to swallow so many frustrations. It, 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 it is an emotional. Do you ever do that in your car? You pull up to the gym and you're like, look in the mirror and you're like, hi, Coach Ray, and like fuck with yourself, like get yourself a pant pumped up. <laughs> Um, no, All right. it, you're not crazy. No, it's more like, it's more like, um, just the pressure of like, so say I go to a wedding on, on, on a Saturday night and, and I go to coach on Sunday, like, and I'm not a hundred percent me. And People, don't forget when Ray goes to a wedding, he goes hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. But, but you know, you get, Hey, is everything all right, Ray? You weren't yourself today. It's like, so I did a fucking backflip when I walked in the door. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's that pressure. Um, right. but, but you just, you need, you, you need to be on and you need to be very accommodating with your schedule, which pretty much means you, you, you live for it. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people think it's easier than it is. I think, I think a lot of people, right. right. It's some part time. Oh, I like fitness. I'll open up a gym and I'll hire a coach and I'll coach a little bit. And I'll bring my dog and I'll put my baby in the stroller over there. It'll be cute. And we'll love it. Not going to do well. Not not going to do well. It's too competitive. The days of, you know, the CrossFit floor one went out of business. The days of the of, of, of the CrossFit in a box in a grimy little U-Haul with some old equipment and people with their shirts off embracing the fact that they're doing burpees and getting covered in, sh- in shit. Those days are done. Those days are done. <laughs> you know, that's not what it is. You're not. That, that's not happening. You like. Why would somebody pay you to go to your gym when the gym around the corner has got nice equipment, got professional coaches, has bathroom and showers? Like, like those days are done. So you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, it's not gonna be a side project. Like any advice to people getting into it, 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 don't, don't get into it if it's gonna be your side project. It's not, it's not gonna work. It's great to meet you, Ray. Great to meet you as well. One hundred and five minutes of well spent time. I, I really, um, I enjoy you. You're a good dude. I hope we get. I wish you lived closer. I'd hang out with you, or if I'd try to hang out with you. Well, if you're ever in Rhode Island, yeah, I don't even believe Rhode Island exists. I think it's 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 a split. Half of us belong to Connecticut. Half of us belong to to Massachusetts. All right. Uh, Brian, thank you for introducing me to Ray. Well, I think he's a good dude. Uh, a lot of fun stories, and one of the hardest working guys I know. Ray, um, are, do other affiliates are, – are you comfortable with other affiliates reaching out to you and asking for advice? Sure. Okay. I mean, my communication uh, timing leaves a little something to be desired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so It's just 600 uh, members is, I think, a place between two gyms that a lot of people would like to get. And okay. and, and if you could – you know, I'm sure that there, you'll, people will be like, hey, any thoughts? Yeah. Again, just – be ready to give it everything you have. I, 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 I never stop trying. My, my partners, both of them, uh, Jen and Dave and I in, in Smithfield, Dave and I in Cranston, like, we never stop investing in the gym, in our equipment, in our facility. Just we never. I know that sounds cheesy and it sounds easy and it's like, well, duh, but we never stop trying. And that's not true of everybody. You can tell when the passions left and people just stop giving a fuck, you can see that. Um, so again, like that's, that, that's my advice. Just keep, keep trying, keep trying. But yeah, people can touch me. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Yep. Have an amazing day. You too. Take care, Ryan. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, shit. Okay. Sue's this year? Now, listen, you fucking jackasses. Where are we with this cop thing? I'm not saying that cops don't need more training. It's all fucking relative. It comes down to this. Listen. Listen up. Cops need more training, David. Listen. You could get 90% of what you want if you train society. You're only going to get 10% of what you want from uh, cops. It's it's just it's just uh, uh, you have to contextualize it and make it relative. The absence you you it, it, the story's always lopsided. Just put masks on people, give them injections, give them pills, everything will be better. No consideration for what the consequences are. Just shut down all the schools, everything will be fine. That's the way you sound when you say when you keep talking about cops needing more training. Out of this ratio of really, if you just train society more and told society more what, how they need to behave around cops, which you never hear, you hear zero. This show is the only place you've ever fucking heard it. You're fucking 28-year-old fucking crossfitter. You've never fucking heard it until I just said it on this show. It's the society that needs the training. They need the training. They bear the cops. Bear the, Sure, train cops all you want, all you want, all you want, all you want. But I'm just saying, if you want the most bang for your buck, unfuck the citizens. Do you know the city of Seattle is now fucking suing Kia and Hyundai because their cars are too stealable? They're blaming the car manufacturer because your car is too stealable. You remember it's not okay to blame women for getting raped, right? Jugheads. That was a jump. Well, that, that's it's the exact I mean, same that's thing. That's a leap. <laughs> hey, it's the exact same, same thing. You would never blame a woman for getting raped because she was wearing the fucking wrong clothes in the park at night. No. And, and why are you blaming the car manufacturer for their cars getting stolen? But cops do need you more jackasses. fucking training. Fine, but it's but it's irrelevant in the thing. It's it's irrelevant in the bigger scope of what the problem is when society. If you, uh, yeah, I don't. Every single that. person who's taken a fucking L from the cops has fucking resisted arrest. Stop fucking resisting arrest. Behave yourself. Stop stealing. Stop speeding. Stop. Stop. Understand the social contract that we have with them. They work for us. You know we hired them, right? You know we need them. You know if you just fuck them and throw them out, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Zero to 100, Sevy. Do you know the origin of that, uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater? No, I like it. Is it. Please tell me it's, it's, please tell me it's it totally back inappropriate. back to the Middle Ages time when people often bathed maybe once every six months. Yes. They had a hierarchy to bathing. It started with the man. Sometimes then the oldest son the wife was probably up towards the beginning and the baby was last when the water was black because they all use the same tub because they only had access to it once every few months. Yeah. And when you went to dump it out, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> wow. I, so it was real. I am no thing, <laughs> which is different than nothing. Logan Mars, it's been a while, buddy. I remember when we used to be friends. <laughs> I know. I feel like I haven't seen him in the chat in a while. Someone's mustache was his filter, and now that it's gone, it's all coming out. <laughs> oh, shut it. I don't want to fucking hear a thing. Just tell me how great I am. That's it. That's all I want in the um, in the comments. Well, yeah, let's, let's focus on Brian. So, Brian, um, I was supposed to ask you, uh, can I ask you about it now while we're online, or do you want me to ask you about it later? You can ask me, I guess. So so tro trolling the leaderboard, I, it, t tell me about that. That was something we used to do that. Back in the day, that That's was like how a, we met. Trolling the leaderboard, I like that. You were doing the CrossFit podcast 
It was 2018, and all of it, and I was following along pretty closely. And much like the podcast now, you, you know, your podcast was called the CrossFit Podcast, but you spoke to a variety of different people, and uh, I felt like I was learning a lot through it. And then all of a sudden, trolling the leaderboard, 18.1 pops up as an episode, and I thought to myself, "Who was on that episode with me?" Matt Bischel, and. I don't know who the. I don't we didn't know, know shit the about the games. We just pretended like we knew. And fucking <laughs> <started>. <laughs> you had free reign. You just did whatever you wanted. And I was like, "This is it." I was, and I was sitting at uh, the place I was living in Naples, Florida, at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, "Yes, finally, a person who actually has a platform has the and has free reign and unlimited time and resources, the ability to look at more of the stories on the leaderboard than just the who's who won the workout this week story." But Everyone in the comments might be super surprised at this moment that you barely talked about the open leaderboard at all. You got way off topic, talked about anything <laughs> and everything else. And I was sitting there making notes. I was like, God damn it. There were so many good things he could have talked about here. And, and I wrote down like a page of notes. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. So I DM'd you with three ideas. And I said, hey, trolling the leaderboard, great idea, but you really got off the topic there. And look at some of the meat you left on the bone. And you responded, damn, impressive. Send me more. I'll never forget it. Damn, impressive. Send me more. So next God, week, I'm so humble. God, I'm so humble. Next week, the, the uh, leaderboard finalizes. On, it was on the evenings then, Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I stayed up to like 2 a.m. scouring, looking for notes, whatever. And I typed up all this stuff and sent it to you. Trolling the leaderboard 18.2. You printed off my notes. I couldn't believe it. You printed off my notes. You open the podcast. You go, some guy on Instagram, Brian, Brian Friend, told me that we have a good idea, but we did a shitty show. He <laughs> gave me, he gave me notes that can make our show better. So we're just gonna try it. The whole show, you just read off my notes, and and then that was like, the, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> three weeks later, I was there in in, and that's HQ's when I left you. I invited you out there, but I was I I <laughs> left town. That that was was that's up. what I was going to say. I was like, didn't you go all the way there? And he wasn't there. I go all the way there. Early. I'm like, okay, it's going to be me and Matt and, and Sevan. It's going to be fun. And what, and I'm prepared. And Tommy Marquez walks out. He goes, Brian. I'm like, yeah. He goes, Sevan had to, had something to do for Greg. He's not going to be here. And I'm just like two things. I'm like <laughs> one, like that's Tommy Marquez who at that time was the, like right. the, the only guy doing that. And the guy that right. I looked up to as as the, what I would love to be in the sport. And two, the guy who invited me out here isn't even fucking here. <laughs> and then he goes sitting first class having a fucking uh uh what's the red drink called that's made of tomato juice? <clears throat> well bloody, bloody Mary. Mary. It's probably on my third bloody Mary on first class <laughs> flight somewhere. He didn't and remember till two days then, later when he got home. <laughs> and then he goes, Yeah, but it's all it's all good. We'll do we're gonna do the podcast. Bishop's gonna host it to me, you and me. And I'm thinking, oh no. Like now I have I'm going to go on this live fucking podcast with Tommy Marquez. Like I'm fucked. I thought I was fucked. I was like, there's no way he knows everything. It's his job to know everything, but we had a good show. Anyway, my idea is that we should bring it back. I think we should do trolling the leaderboard this year. So, so what, so, so basically every leaderboard five years later. So every, um, um, Monday night after the leaderboard finalizes. Yeah. Just hop on. I have a, uh, a couple ideas of people we can bring on with us, and we'll just yeah, look for the untold it. stories on the leaderboard. It. Yeah, I love. And it. if we start and we, and if we start setting it up ahead of time, people can even 
feed us some some stuff to help guide the conversation because there's so many people who do it and so many stories that we wouldn't even know to look for otherwise. Yeah, when is the um, first? Uh, I've already written out an entire list of dates and times <laughs> that I'm going to send to you guys later today. Oh God, you're awesome. such a beast! You're a beast, dude. <laughs> you're a beast. Uh, hold hold on one second. Um, that's my that's my breakfast date finishing podcast. I was just going to go on like a random like how you did right when it stopped and a breath took in the middle. Look, people. Okay. If you want to change anything around you, you need to start by changing yourself. That means excellence in br- anything you bleed and breathe. It needs to happen. And if you're not taking your training seriously as a law enforcement officer, there's no way society will ever step up and treat you the way that you need to be treated. So remember, law enforcement officers, it starts with your culture and setting your house in perfect order. Train. Don't be fat. Be prepared. Don't be fat. If you're a cop. Did you guys see the New York Minute? I did. I did. Those, I did. Those are the guys, uh, the FDNY guys that I've uh, got had a relationship with over the last couple of years. And I, they sent me that the other day. I thought that that was pretty cool. I mean, they are doing what Susie just talked about. They are preparing themselves every day for whatever happens when they walk out that door on a call. Good dudes. Uh, listen, uh, John Mulligan, I, I'm not sure if I understand this, but I retired with 23 years with the sheriff's office. Training will help, especially jujitsu. Uh, hit the job makes good people go and saying, yeah, that is the thing that other people don't realize. Also. I, I don't know if he's saying this, but I'll tell you this being a cop will make you insane. You are dealing with a lot of fucking bad people over and over and over and over. Don't I'm worry. not saying, I'm not saying that there's shouldn't be any accountability from the police, that there shouldn't be more training, that there's not bad cops. I'm saying it's so disproportionately talked about. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying is like, hey, dude, we would get more, way more bang for our buck if we just stopped looking at cops and society did its part. Have either of you ever way had someone, more bang for its buck? Yeah. Have Have either of you ever had someone with a military background or law enforcement background? Uh, have you ever watched one of them teach a Turkish get up? Can't say that I have. No. No. Maybe I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. Some somewhere I've seen someone. Oh yes, of course I have. Yes. Yes. I took my <laughs> seminar from Jeff Martone. I took the fucking uh, kettlebell seminar from Jeff Martone. Oh. The, fir- the, the first time I saw that that happened, it totally like changed the concept, not just of that movement for me, but of like moving in, in general when I'm working out into something that was like, practical and applicable to a real world scenario. And he, he was basically describing that same movement of getting off the ground in a way that you, you could do it with a gun or if someone else has a gun or in a hand-to-hand situation. And then it like, I don't know. It just changed my thinking about movement in general. Um, what is the first date on this? Um, uh, I, I'm just for my own. Do you have it? What would be the first? When does the open start? The actual like. Oh, the first open workout will be announced on two, on the 16th of February. So so we would do our first show pro- on the 23rd or we would start no. in. Oh, I'll, we could do the first one on the 16th. No. I got, I got it for you. Let's just, okay. We don't need to talk about that here. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, we should, we should block those dates off, Susa, because we're, we're filling up fast. I cannot fucking we believe are. the people we have coming on this show. Do you know who we have on tomorrow, Brian? Jake Locker. Yeah. Have you ever seen him? I don't think he's ever been interviewed. I mean, he, uh, if people, if you follow the mayhem programming and if you receive it i think that you will probably get a visual interaction with him quite often outside of that you probably have it maybe see some of the stuff on the blog on the vlogs that they do yeah but in terms of finding out who he is i don't think so 
Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that. Do you have, no, I don't have Dave on today. I don't know when <laughs> Dave's coming on, but he's coming on soon. Cause I'm, I'm putting in a lot of effort. You know what? The last thing I have to do is I have to take this desk right here and move it over here. And I'm really nervous to do that. One, because it's like probably $30,000 worth of fucking gear I have to move. And because what, what if it ends up not looking good and I have to move it all back? Mm. I have, I have like part of my OCD thing is I can't ever backtrack. Like if I miss a freeway exit, I can't just turn around and come back. I can't explain it right now, but I, I hate backtracking. <laughs> it's like, we need to dig into that. <laughs> I hate backtracking. I cannot, I have an issue with backtracking. Hey, why don't you think of it like a slingshot, you know? Sometimes you got to go backwards to really propel yourself even further forwards. Quit being a baby, so on. I know. I, I have so many excuses. I, I, I know. Idiosyncrasies. Yes. Uh, the Sigmund's daughter interview was stellar. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I, Brian. Brian upped his game. Brian was very happy. Even my mom said, "Wow, Brian was really happy." I, he was very happy. I texted Nori after that one, and I just said, "You know, I, every time we get a chance to talk to her, I'm, I'm more and more impressed." And I know she doesn't do a lot of those. So if you are, yes, we, you know, uh, I think you get to see a lot of who she is and how, and how she's grown as a person outside of of CrossFit uh, in the conversation we had. I like her. I'm, I have to, I'm flattered that um, we get to have her on. Uh, Peter Shaw, please have Dave on as often as possible. I'm going to, uh, Peter. Thank you for saying that. I'm totally going to. Um, um, Pete Shaw, you know who that is, right? Yeah. He's a beast, too. Yeah, he is. Canadian guy. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Like one of Canada's only cool people. <laughs> Sarah makes people happy. All right. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on uh, tomorrow morning. Jake Lockhart. Are you coming on for that? <sighs> so people can make fun of I you for so. not talking. Okay. No, uh, I wanted to listen to Ray. I, I know Ray really well. I thought it would be fun to see you guys interact. And I figured that on the back half, I'd be able to help out a little <laughs> bit more. I ignore those people. Those people are stupid. I like looking at you. You're fun to look at. That's I wore a sure. fun, colorful shirt today just because I knew I wasn't going to say much. <laughs> yeah, Sevon, hey, uh, uh, wait, uh, Sevon has a calming effect. Sevon has a calming effect on the entire Sevon podcast. Sarah, <laughs> she does not have a calming effect. Shut your pie hole. Oh, oh it's over. Show's over. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, Susa, thank you um, for not cutting your hair. Brian, thanks for coming on. It's always <laughs> exciting. Uh, my uh, my sister says, Brian, you're a class act. Uh, and everyone, bye-bye.